This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show you wouldn't like if you made it angry. Now, it would not be a surprise if Chelsea supporters travelled to West Brom on Saturday with the thought of the defeat to Crystal Palace after the last international break on their minds. Thankfully, there was no repeat after this break as Chelsea thumped a very poor West Brom side 4-0. There was much to enjoy. Not least the ball being on the other foot for a change with West Brom's defeat leading to the sacking of Tony Pulis. Uppermost was the blossoming partnership between Hazard and Morata and the performance of Chesk Fabregas. Uh, but praise must be given to Antonio Conte for sticking to the 3-5-2 formation that brought dividends against United and did so again on Saturday. Now, if we're, if we're to have a chance to uh, lift the title this season, then it seems sensible to play a formation that gets the best out of Hazard, Morata and Fabregas. But do not underestimate the effect of making Eden Hazard angry. West Brom certainly didn't like him. Now, I am Stanford Chidge and the name of tonight's show is The Incredible Hazard. Chelsea Fancast 404. Uh, and with me on uh, our 404th show uh, is... Uh, is the lovely Jonathan Kidd, of course. How are you, my dear boy? Oh, I am um, brimming full of uh, the, the joys of, uh, of autumn, Judge. Mm, mm. Well, of course, we've had a break, haven't we? We missed last week because we decided to just long it off. Uh, so it seems like ages since I've spoken to you. It has. You sound you sound effervescent as usual and mm. bubbly. Yeah, and, I'm all right. Uh, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm kind of getting over the old man flu uh, and uh, still a bit croaky, but... Uh, all good for a voice over voice, isn't it? I can do those big Very American good. blockbusters. Very good. You need you need to you start to smoking again as well. That'd be great. Well, I, I am there. actually. Yeah, I, oh, know. I okay. haven't given up. Yeah. No, I, I keep thinking about it, but I could do 
snakes on a plane. You know, that well, kind of stuff. Anyway. Perfect. Enough of perfect. that. Or, or, I'll, I'll or introduce I could, you I could... to my voice agent. Fantastic. Well, Brilliant. you know. Yes, I know. Well, I, you, I, you do every, every summer at Lords, of course. <laughs> you don't remember, do you? I do. It's Chris Wilson. No, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I usually bump into Chris in the uh, Coronation Gardens. Yeah. Anyway, enough of all that. We're prattling on as we always do. Um, Funnily, it's actually, you know, bizarre that we should be talking about cricket because, of course, I really hope that there are some Australians in the house tonight because uh, England are playing them in the ashes uh, on Wednesday night. And uh, the the two other chaps we have in the house are also, uh, like Jonathan, cricket buddies who I often catch up with at Lord's uh, and get very, very, very drunk with. And they are in no particular order. The lovely Dan Silver. Good evening. Good to have you back on, Dan. Yeah, good to be back. Lovely stuff. And of course, we have the yeah. lovely Clayton Beerman, who who sits in the uh, opposite, not the opposite, the, the the stand on the other side to me at Lords normally, don't you? Yeah, no, I'm in the cheap seats. You're in the posh seats. No, but um, no, hello. I'm in the cheap good seats. evening, everyone. No, you're I'm in the... not. No, I you're am not. Too. It's the same well, bloody place that you sit. It's just the other side of the media centre. I know, I know, but it's the best view in the ground, so it's uh, it is, isn't it? It's a Fantastic. good place to be. Anyway, we should stop evening. talking about Lo- cricket. Lovely to be back. No, no, oh, it's just e- do two hours of cricket. Well, we could do, couldn't we? It was Richie Benno would say, "Good evening, everyone." Evening, everyone. That's a very good Richie <laughs> Benno. Very good. I'm impressed. Thank you very, very much. Very, very good. Uh, anyway, I will promise because I know that there are a lot of people out there who don't actually like cricket. I mean, you know, take a look <laughs> at yourself. Who just turned off? And they, I know. Well, they do. They get very upset when we talk about cricket. So I promise we will not talk about cricket at all unless we find somebody in Mixler who is Australian. Uh, at which point, uh, all 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 uh, barbs will be directed at them, and we will talk about it. But uh, enough of that. Uh, I am really looking forward to tonight because ha- you know it's been a couple of weeks, as I said, because we had had the week off last week. Uh, but on the show tonight, we'll be asking, is the 352 here to stay? And how does it get the best out of Hazard, Morata and Fabregas? In part two, uh, we'll look at the incredible Hazard. You won't like him when he's angry. Uh, the blossoming partnership between the Belgian maestro and Morata. And when will referees take action against those who try to injure Hazard? I mean, it happens every week. Uh, and uh, we'll also ask whether Christensen will get a run in the side, having... It seems uh, deposed, uh, he's deposed Louise. I mean, how long for? We will discuss. Anyway, in part three, we look forward to the Carabag and the Liverpool matches. Uh, and somewhere along the line, it's going to be a very big week for Chelsea, obviously. Uh, I'd say two very crucial matches, uh, at the end of which we will know where we are, I think. Uh, we're also going to have a quick chat about Ruben Loftus-Cheek, because Jonathan reminded me that I had forgotten to put that in the script. Somewhere in amongst all of that lot, we'll be talking about him. And in part four... Uh, we've got a roundup of the latest Chelsea supporter news, including uh, your emails, or in fact this week your email, but I think that's an improvement on the last outing when we had none. And but it's the longest happy. email in the world, Chidge. The longest. Is it, is it really so long? It's, uh, it's really, really long, but also really good. Okay, well, I, to be, I'll be honest with you, Jonathan, I was a bit busy uh and I, I literally just put it in, so I haven't actually read it this week, so it'll be a nice surprise for me. Right, it's probably um, because you didn't have not... time. It's about two well, pages long. Is it really? God, okay, well, <laughs> I, I look forward to it, obviously. Um, right, um, don't forget, as always, you can listen to the show uh, every Monday at 7 o'clock, and it's live, live. on Mixler, live. live. And that's uh, M-I- M-I-X-L-R.com 
forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast. And of course, if you do so, you can uh, you can post on the live chat page and have a chat with all the people that are in there and try and alert our attention to what you're saying and comment on what we're saying. You know, rubbish, get off that kind of thing. Um, as always, got loads of people in there. Um, if she don't come, uh, oh, there we go. He's a lovely one already. She says, hi, peeps. Can I just say thanks for streaming the Pat Nevin interview? I enjoyed it immensely. That, of course, was uh, Pat was our guest at the Chelsea Supporters Trust SGM about a month ago. And uh, not only did I stream it live, but I eventually put it up as a podcast. I, I actually should apologize for putting it up three weeks after the fact, but uh, I was busy. I've uh, got Steve Mower, Andy Silverman, we got Yarin Levy, Nikki Kilduff, the wonderful Dean Mears, a CFC UK scribe, no less. Uh, Benji Toe, uh, I think I saw John Chips Chiverton in there too. And we've got my great friend, the wonderful, wonderful Tony Glover, who uh, who's already said rubbish, get off, good man. Uh, by the way, <laughs> uh, I think Tony... I think Tony might be doing a, a podding shed tomorrow, uh, but I can also tell you that Tony will be on the Chelsea Fancast next Monday, so that'll be great fun. Right, enough of us prattling on. As I said, Mixlr is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast, and of course, you can always tweet us at Chelsea Fancast. We will be back after this very, very short break. Okay, uh, first bit of the show, first bit of the proper football, really. I, I think we, we the first thing to discuss, I mean, I know there's lots to discuss, really, because there's lots of really good things that happen, but the first thing I, I want to talk about is is the three five two, which, of course, we, we did to death when uh, it was, um, you know, it, it was very instrumental, I thought, in, in us beating Man United in the in the previous match. But, uh, you know, we none of us seemed to know whether he was doing a horses-for-courses policy or... Or if maybe he realised how well it works. And a bit like last year, you know, when we changed things after Arsenal, I wonder if this could be seen as a similar kind of thing. God, I hope so. Because, of course, after changing to 3-5, sorry, 3-4-3 after Arsenal last year, we didn't lose for 13 games. So one hopes that we might have the same uh, result here. But I, what I really wanted to talk about in particular with the 3-5-2 is that... Uh, I think, you know, because I've, I've often been critical of Fabregas and, you know, I, I don't have a problem with that. I, I call it as I see it, frankly. Um, and, I, and I think that he's a liability as a defensive midfielder in a two. He can't run. He doesn't, you know, he can't track back. He can't tackle. Um, and I think it also negates the things that I absolutely love about Chess Fabregas. And, you know, uh, again, praise where praise is due. I mean, there are very, very few uh, better passes in the English you know in the Premier League than Chess Fabregas and I've been saying for weeks that uh, you know we should have him higher up so he can do the damage where it counts um, but obviously I am no Antonio Conte and uh, so he's completely ignored me and, and, and kept him in this three with Kante and Bakayoko Jonathan but it I think it gets the best out of him and I think it's clearly working isn't it but he's he's not there to uh, he's not there to break up play though, is he? He's there no, to no uh, no um, to, to distribute the ball, which he does completely brilliantly. But I think yeah. the the, um, 
the common denominator in all of this is Kante. I think was we discussed before how um, completely superb he is and how the whole of the team purrs when he plays. And uh, mm. my big thing is that uh, Alonso, who was fantastic again against West Bromwich, is included. And then, of course, this rumour has come out that, uh, that Real Madrid are now interested in him because of his consistent displays. Um, but, uh, you know, in a sense, I'm pleased because... Uh, he, he can play out of his skin in the right pattern. When when Fabregas is forced to play um, slightly defensively, more, more than slightly defensively, very defensively, it's not the same team. So I, I think um, uh, he, he's... I mean, I would hope, exactly like you, that he's discovered... Did we play, by the way, did we play 3-5-2 against Atletico? I can't remember. I think we did. Um, and, it, and clearly think, it's something think, that... Um, yeah, and, and Spurs. And definitely and Spurs, Spurs yeah, yeah, exactly. as well. But he played... But he played uh, that was the difference, because Louise was playing uh, the different mm. role, wasn't he? He was playing in front. But, um, uh, yeah, it seems it seems to work. But I don't... I seem... It's the owner appears to be more on Bakayoko and Kante. And uh, Fabregas just seems to be playing more in front of them. Because, he's, as we've established, he isn't a, um, a defensive midfielder at all. And what, what I slightly despair of is that everybody then says, well, he shouldn't be playing in the side. He should be coming on as a substitute. Missing the point that once we have mm. we have Kante in the team, he is he's allowed to express himself. And he, as you say, Chidge, he's a brilliant passer of the ball. Opens up the final, the, um, the, the ball to Hazard for his, uh, for his goal in the second half against West Bromwich was just exquisite. And it allowed him all that, you know, all that room then to. And Hazard was 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 on fire on uh, on um, Saturday. So uh, so yeah, yeah, I think I think uh, I think the three five two. Um, I would hope because now we've got four wins in a row in the league. I'd have, I'd hope that uh, that exactly the same thing happens. We go on another run, which is distinctly mm. possible. Distinctly. Yeah. Um, um, well, let's Sorry, yeah, mate, go on. No, no, I'm going to say, because well, no, no, Liverpool, no. if we, if we roll Liverpool over, I think we've then got a nice little um, run of, uh, of of lower teams, haven't we, to take Well, on. let's hope so. so. Let's hope so. Because, I mean, that we we certainly need that, as I alluded to in the in the intro, intro even. I mean, I think, I think you know, just to pick up on what Jonathan said, uh, Clayton, you know, Kante clearly does bring balance to the force. Uh, but what I do love, I mean, I, I stand by what I said about Fabregas, and I, and I think that you know, given the cover that Bakayoko and uh, Kante give him, he he has license to to be a lot more forward. But I think the interesting thing that I saw in the game against West Brom, and I'm sure uh, I'd be interested to hear what you think about this. But what I thought was really encouraging was the was the way that um, you know, actually both Kante, but particularly Bakayoko got forward as well so you know providing that those two in particular have the discipline to cover for, for the other one which I think that they do it, it suddenly makes us a much harder team to to try and you know control I think I mean would you agree with that yeah I would um I I would say that if Bakayoko could actually shoot um we our goal difference would <laughs> well, be <laughs> about four or five more than it is at the moment I mean the thing that's been very encouraging in the last couple of games is the fact that he is finding himself in really good positions. Obviously, he missed a couple of very good chances against Manchester United. And again, on Saturday, um, he missed a, a really good chance. Um, I think just going back to Fabregas, I think Fabregas is, is, was unfairly derided early on in the season um, because we just had no 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 
bodies, to be perfectly honest. We were playing with him in a two. It didn't work with Matic and it didn't work with Bakayoko. He can't do that. It's very unfair mm. for him to to be judged on that because that's not what he does. Um, it's not his position. If in those games where Kante was injured, we would have had a fit drink water, maybe the, the game would have been slightly different because we would have had the three in midfield. When we got the two and the two fullbacks, however good the two fullbacks are, and as Jonathan alluded to, Alonso was good, but I also thought Zappacosta was superb mm. on Saturday. Um, you know, it, it's all of a sudden we're beginning to look like a unit again, which is great, um, but without casting a, a cloud, we're we're just one injury away from it not looking great again, because that first eleven. If that was our first eleven, I know we got Victor Moses to come back, but if that was our first eleven, you have to look at the backup. And certainly maybe midfield we've got more cover, but up front we haven't. Um but yeah, no, I've gone completely off piece, but no, the, the midfield. Well, can I can I just really pick good. can I just pick you up on can I just pick you up on that? Because actually I, I yeah. The other thing that I, th- I, I mean, I absolutely agree with you and everything. And I wrote, um, I don't know, can't remember even, I'm writing so many bloody articles, none of them for Chelsea fancasts typically, but uh, I can't remember which one it was last week, but I made that point of all of all the things that have been going on. You know, the criticism of uh, Conte's tactics and selections, I thought were very wide of the mark because he didn't have enough bodies and he was having to play people out of position. And it bloody well showed. And of course, you know, typically uh, with, with Fabregas. But uh, I actually do think that when we have got all of our, our bodies fit and able, I mean, you know, you can bring in drink water for uh, either, I, I mean, either Bakayoko or Kante. I mean, Kante is virtually irreplaceable, and I accept that. Completely. But, Completely. you know, yeah, you know, you need, you know, providing you've got two good defensively-minded midfielders in there, you can oh. certainly slip Fabregas in there. But actually... I do accept what you say because you know that there are there are several players in that that team that that cannot be replaced and actually Fabregas in the position that he's playing at the moment is one of them. Nobody passes the ball as well as he does in the side. I don't think um, no. Hazard obviously, Morata obviously. So it, it, you know, I'm still worried about the injuries. I kind of I agree with you like that. I mean, Dan, have you got anything to add to that, or should we move it on to what we think about think Hazard and Morata pretty, linking up? Because that is part pretty, of it, I think. Yeah, I think pretty much the boys have said what I was going to say. I think we just look a lot more balanced. People play their natural positions. You know, Fabregas is, is you know, our pillow. He's kind of conducting things from the back. You know, he's got he's yeah. got the protection. The fullbacks come into midfield means he's got time, he's got space. As long as he's not man-marked, he, he can hit a killer pass. And he, you know, he's, he's a great asset for us. But, and, you know, I, you know, I second what Clayton and um, Jonathan have said so far. Well, I mean, I just want to just move it forward because I, I, mean, I do, I do, I don't think this is just about Kante and Fabregas. I think the beauty of this system, um, you know, is also that it's 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 beginning hopefully to get the best out of Hazard and uh, Morata as well. I mean, Morata, I think, is a very different striker from from Costa. Uh, in 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 some senses, I think he's a much better, more intelligent footballer, um, and I think that that works very very well with with Hazard. But I think the beauty of the system that he's playing now. Uh, you know, rather than having Hazard and a another either side or buzzing around Morata like two number tens or two wide players, it means that Hazard is 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 played far more centrally, and in if you like in the in the role of a proper number ten and the proper playmaker and given license to roam as well, 
And I think that will mean he's a lot harder to pick up and he's going to be a lot more threatening. And lo and behold, you know, he sets up a goal inadvertently, one might say, for Morata and, and Morata sets one up for him and he scores another one. But I mean, it's those three players. It's Fabregas, Hazard and Morata. And in that system, I think you're getting the best out of them, Dan. I mean, what, what would you think about that? Yeah, I totally agree because you know, Hazard, you know, the, the, they're intelligent players and obviously Morata's you know, very skillful, very bright, very intelligent. I mean, you look at the, the Bournemouth goal. Again, it was a Morata flick, has a running past a striker, going yeah. on to score a goal. So it's going to be very, very, you know, hard to pick up, hard to mark. You're never quite sure where he's going to be. And he's got a lot more freedom. And because you've got essentially, when we're attacking, you've got the fullbacks pushing forward, giving him more width. It's, exactly. it's, it's yeah. very good. Well, that's the point, mate, isn't it? You know, yeah. we don't we don't need to play two forward-thinking players either side of Morata because we're getting the width from from uh, you know Alonso or uh, Zappacosta and Moses. Or Moses. You look where um, Alonso was for the third goal. I mean, you don't expect yeah. your fullback to be you know smashing <laughs> one at the rear post. Not your left, your left fullback being on the right hand side yeah. as well. It was, it's, yeah. it's, very, I mean, it's a very fluid formation because they're, they're all intelligent yeah. players and. It's, it's looking very, very good, very sharp, very good football. So is is Hazard yeah. in fact playing? Um, is it, they're, they're, as you say, there are two. They're not necessarily playing mid. He's not playing midfield, is he? He's playing. He's like another striker, him and Morata. Yeah. I think it's yeah. so. It's almost like three five one one. But nonetheless, they're yeah. both up there. I have to say, I think Morata is phenomenal. Oh, well I think he, there was a wonderful moment where he pushed the ball the other side of. Um, uh, whoever it was, the the West Bromwich left hand donkey, it well expressed, yes, yeah. and just went round the other side of it. And you thought, God, that is class. And it's as you say, Chidge. You know, we all love Costa for his 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 bullishness and his ability to intimidate and be very on top of things. But Murata is a very is more skillful than than Costa. Mm. That he, he's just uh, he's a really class act. And with Hazard playing the way he played at the weekend, you think bloody hell as a combination, they're, they're completely superb. Um, I was I was utterly taken aback by the performance. I say, other than the first ten minutes where we appeared to wander around like zombies, I don't know what was going on. But uh, well, we had but to wake up, that, and we're gonna we're gonna talk we to about how up, we woke up. Yeah, in, we will. I think that's part, part two, of it. But, that was part of it. Yeah. yeah. But, but I tell no, you what, I'm, mate. I'm, I mean, just pick. Pick, picking up, picking up from that, J.K. Uh, I, you know, I think what what pleases me most, and and you know, it's really funny, isn't it? If we look back at the beginning of the season, the parallels of the season before are really interesting because if we remember the beginning of last season, you know, Conte didn't really do any make any changes. He pretty much played the same formation as Jose and the same players, even though we were, a lot of us were going, well, you know, really, you know. And then he then he changed it when he realised it clearly wasn't working, and in a sense. I, you know, looking back on it now, this season, we were playing the same kind of way that we were when we had Costa as the striker, which clearly doesn't work. But what pleases me most is the way that he's changed it to get the best out of his key players, which basically, yeah. creatively, are Fabregas, Hazard and Morata. And I, and I really hope that he sticks with it because, you know, we saw what happened last year when we got it going. Mm-hmm. Of course, the spanner in the works is probably going to be the additional games in the Champions League. But... Uh, or potential injuries, which of course we didn't pick up yeah. last season. We were very lucky, weren't we, Dan? Absolutely, yeah. But I think it also it just shows what a fantastic, intelligent coach that Conte is, and how he can adapt, and he can see it, and he can make changes. And also, also weird. I think we're twenty-five points this time last season. Suddenly, City that have done so well, they're really different. Yeah, 
We're three points worse off than we were last yeah. season. Yeah. Which is we, not a lot, more, you know. Exactly. It just so happens that City have had a very good start to the season. I'm getting I'm getting some grief from Mixler, from my lovely dear chum Paul Crowder. He says, I hear Chidge is going for the Barry White saucy voice this week. Well, I suppose that's better than being accused of being Sean Dyche, isn't it? You know. Yes, yes. Cheeky yes, Mix. Yeah. You anyway. should... Um, yeah, Chidge, you should uh, you should just try going even deeper, or do a, do something like um, do a do a Barry White song. Do you know any by any chance? It would have been a perfect cue. For you I, there. I, off the top of my head, uh, no. Although you know, uh, there is uh, there are quite can't, a few. Can't get enough I of your love. Can't get enough. I can't. Of I can't. Yeah. Can't remember that one. Oh, okay. I can't. I, I might go and check some out in the break and and do a do, do a bit of Barry White for you. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's all sorts of mad shit going on in Mixler. It's really funny. There's a mix of like high comedy with Paul to people absolutely hammering into everything that was going on. But it's, suffice to say, people are very, very happy. Uh, and there's a definite sense that uh, the city will drop points. Uh, and there we go. Even John Chips Chiverton is saying Sean Dyche. Sean Dyche is doing amazing at Burnley. He's <laughs> from the Midlands, though, isn't he? He is from the Midlands, though, isn't he? Sean Dyche. Anyway, my first, my last, my everything. Anyway, they're all they're all hamming in. I should shut up and we should get on with part two in a minute, which we will after this short break. Uh, but we'll be looking at the the incredible hazard. You won't like him when he's angry. See what I did there? Uh, the blossoming partnership between uh, the Belgian maestro, uh, uh, that would be Mr. Hazard, and uh, Maratta. And when will referees take action against those who try to injure Hazard? It's all linked in together, you can see. Uh, we're also going to have a chat about Christensen... Uh, who uh, looks to have deposed Louise, but for how long we don't know, and uh, and then we'll just kind of wrap all that part up with a with a chat about the consistency and and where we think it's going to go next. So we'll see you in a second. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chels. Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, uh, also known as Barry White, also known as uh, Sean Deitch. Because I am a bit uh, the, the old the old voice is a bit uh, wobbly tonight, thanks to a cold I've had for two weeks. Anyway, uh, enough of me and my ailments. Uh, you're listening to the Chelsea Fancast, of course, and uh, I've got a great great bunch in uh, tonight. Uh, I, I, I would be right in saying that probably with the exception of Jonathan, uh, that everybody on the Fancast tonight loves cock. Would I be right, Clayton and Dan? Very yeah. much so. Love I love cock. Mm. There we go. They, 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 these, these I'm, not, I'm, I'm seriously not had enough cock this season. That's that's uh, that's a fact. Well, I, I didn't want to say anything actually, Clayton. But I, you, your absence in the cock tavern, in case anybody yeah. was wondering what we were talking about, uh, has 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 been noticed this year. Dan's been a stalwart. The only time I turned up, you weren't there. <laughs> oh really? Well, oh, <laughs> that's that's very typical of me, I'm afraid, isn't it? But there you go. Right, well, enough nonsense from us. We should carry on. <clears throat> now, the, 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 I'm just going to drill down a little bit more. We were obviously talking about Hazard and Murata, uh in part one, but um, what I thought was was particularly uh, interesting about the game, uh, and as Jonathan rightly pointed out, actually, we, we were a bit sonambulant for the first ten minutes. 
Um, anyway, then that odious piece of shit, uh, Gareth Barry, the Methuselah of the Premier League, does, did what he always does. He's a nasty, snide, talentless player. You know what I was thinking about Gareth Barry when I was watching that match? Do you realise that it's seven years ago since he, over seven years ago, since he, you know, looked like he was wading around in concrete boots when, you know, Germany ran past him in the World Cup and he's still bloody playing. How he's not been pensioned off, I will never, never know. Uh, but anyway, that's not the point. What he did was he, he did a very nasty studs down the ankle on Hazard and Hazard was clearly... Uh, hurt. I mean, he was writhing around. He was in pain, and the and the West Brom fans, the uneducated bloody brummies that they are, gave Hazard loads of stick because they thought he was was feigning injury. Of course, we all know that when Hazard gets a knock, he's got a knock because he doesn't feign injury. He's not a diver. Um, but uh, the amazing thing, uh, Clayton, was that. You know, he got up limping still, uh, and whilst limping, he literally got the ball and uh, and cracked off a shot, which was a very, very good shot, uh, which, of course, was followed in by Morata. And then shortly after that, um, I forget who it was, but he basically clattered somebody. So he was really angry uh, with Barry, with whoever he clattered, with John Moss, that pathetic excuse of a referee. Um, and, you know... Frankly, mate, I was really glad to see it because Hazard gets questioned quite a lot, even from all of us what love him. Uh, you know, we question his his desire, basically. But I, I like angry Hazard. I, I mean, not only did I like the impact that he had on the game by getting his dander up, but I also like the fact he stuck one on somebody because, frankly, I think he needs to, Clayton. Yeah, I mean, it it was quite interesting. I just want to take issue with you. Um, I'm sorry, Chidge, but I don't think there's anything right. snide about Gareth Barry. He does it in the open. I mean, you know, when you're talking about... <laughs> Very Jak- good point. When when you're talking about that shit, Jakob, um, yeah. I mean, the thing is, on Saturday, is John Moss not fit for purpose? He, None at all. The, the foul on, on Hazard was awful. Um, people think that Hazard... Show you know, like he he sort of pretends and he acts. He doesn't. He just gets clumped no. week in week out, and it hurts. You know, somebody come up to you and kick you, you know, and you just say, "Oh no, it didn't hurt." Um, the guy is fantastic. I, you know, we should cherish every single minute that we have him because he's going to go because he is going to get pissed off eventually. He's just going to say, "I can't move anymore. I can't see my skin anymore. All I can see is bruises." Um, he was superb. Um, gets no protection because referees think they're very clever and they think uh, it's all simulation and you know Johnny Foreigner that's all they do no he I mean listen he's not perfect and there may be the occasion where he does do that but nine times out of ten that guy is walloped Um, but he was fantastic he was unplayable Um, there is times where we just despair and think oh you know what's he doing strolling around but he was angry. And I mean, that, that ridiculous thing on Match of the Day or the commentator who basically said when he bumped his ass into some guy who fell over and said, oh, that's a nasty one, and didn't mention the fact of what had been done to him by Gareth Barry until they showed it back and he went, oh, well, maybe he was caught. It wasn't nasty. I mean, he was just frustrated and, and no protection. Um, Maratta, exactly the same. Maratta eventually got booked because he just got fed up of being fouled and nothing happening. Um, yeah. Just, 
I mean, John Moss, the the Jakob foul on Christensen, John Moss had a completely unimpeded view. There was nothing in his way. I mean, I know it's fast. I know it's difficult for referees and all the rest of it. But it was... Every time they replayed it, you can see exactly what happened. He should have gone off. I know he got booked. He should have been sent off. That was an appalling challenge. Absolutely appalling. But that's John Moss. That that's you can't you can't legislate for that. But the whole thing with Hazard, it's every week. It's every mm. week he gets kicked from pillar to post. Um, and it was it's absolutely great for a fan to see somebody care like that. I'm angry. Yeah. I'm going to do something about it. And he did. He destroyed them. And he gave it to their I mean, fans what, large as well. Oh, he did. Quite right. Because they were, I mean, how how crassly stupid can you be? You know, I mean, he, he's not, uh, you know, whatever. Personally, I, I mean, can bo- be very crassly stupid. But I mean, yeah, I know what you're no, saying. No, but look, okay. I'll give you the difference. You know, when I got up, as you probably saw, actually, at the Man United match, because, you know, you and I sit fairly close uh, to each other. When Phil Jones cracked one on Hazard, I was up like a lunatic, swearing every obscenity under the sun at at, at Phil Jones, because I know my football, and I know a snide, thuggish tackle when I see one. But, you know, surely the West Brom fans should know the difference. Hazard is not a player who rolls around. I mean, he clearly got done by Barry. There's no other way to describe it. I mean, most football fans are fairly parochial, and they will... React in the way that they think's best for their 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 team. So I say that in defence. But you know, I think when he got substituted, um, a lot of the ground did actually applaud him when he went off, and it wasn't only our fans. So there you go. Well, I mean, you know, like you said, it was. I, I think it was particularly nice to see him exact his revenge by sticking one on somebody. Although, I mean, you know, considering on a scale of one to ten of what he could have done to stick one on somebody, just clattering into them with your arse is pretty low on the scale. I mean, he could have, like, exactly. taken somebody out of the knee. So I don't think that was that offensive. I mean, so it not only was that good... Barry. It wasn't Gareth Barry. Well, I, was I know, I, I don't even remember who it was, but it was really, it was no, really it was, nice to see him... Do, it was really nice to see him do that. But it was also really nice, Jonathan, to see him exact his revenge in the perfect way, which was to not shrink and hide, but to take the game by the scruff of the neck and be angrily dictating terms. But, Jonathan, what I want to ask you specifically... Um, as our resident referee, what yeah. on earth, you know, why are they not seeing this? Why don't they do anything about it? I mean, because well, he will get. I, I freak out every time I see him getting tackled because I think he's going to bust his ankle again and we're going to lose him. No, you know, I, what, I, they're, it's a, my, then they're failing in their duty of care, Jonathan. I agree completely. But my my complaint about this because when, when I, we saw it back afterwards, and Barry not only scraped his boot down the back of his his leg. He also stepped yeah. on his foot. It was a double yeah. foul. You think, for yeah. me, what, what my objection was, was what was the linesman doing? Not only was Moss standing there, he was near the touchline. The linesman's just there. What, what is it? Do they all, are they all in it together? Are they all saying, have they all said, oh, well, Hazard dives, so uh, don't believe anything that happens to him? And they know Barry's reputation, for God's yeah. sake. And he'd obviously yeah. been told. Well, he's been he's been he's been let loose, hasn't he? But Poulos has said, you know, whenever you feel like it, kick him. As happened when he played for Everton. All he did was kick Costa. Do you remember? He just wound yeah. Costa yeah. up. And I think it was John Moss was in that game that game as well. And he booked. I remember um, Costa objecting to having been kicked again by by um, Gareth Barry. And Moss booked 
Costa, and you thought, what, what game are you watching, referee? No, I'm, I'm, I'm utterly aghast by it. I thought it was dreadful refereeing. And the only one who gets it right is, um, oh, God, what's his name? Is it Taylor? No, it's not Taylor. What's his name? Mike Oliver. Um, uh, uh, Oliver, yeah, 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 who in the Man United game last year was absolutely spot on when he sent Herrera off. That was proper refereeing because he could see what was going on all the time. And, you know, and as a consequence, I, 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 I like looking at him as a ref. And I think he's, he's streets above the others, Oliver. Um, but mm. uh, Moss just seems to be, it's almost as if he, he or, uh, what you said earlier, Chich, he, he, he seems to think somehow that Hazard um, it, it deserves it or is, is clearly shamming. So uh, it's clearly making it up. And uh, I mean, that, that, the, the Gareth Barry foul was just so bloody obvious. I couldn't get it. I don't, but neither of them was, was, they're both five, ten yards away from it and they both don't give it, you know. So, uh, uh, you know, and then the instant that, that Hazard shows any kind of, um, of uh, revenge, which as you say, we've never seen before, he immediately gets a yellow card. Well, you know, he should go and have a word with him. What I loved actually was after he, um, almost scored, and then uh, Morata scored. By the way, Morata's shot um, was so perfectly timed and just pinged in. I loved it because he didn't have much time to get the ball in the net because the goalkeeper was running across. But um, Hazard then was still limping back to the centre circle after the goal and uh, and was still complaining to Moss about what had happened. And so I think Moss, after a bit, realised that he really had been stepped on. But Bloody hell! He, and he didn't complain to him in a in the same way that Costa would have done. Because if it had been Costa, if it had been doing that, he'd have been sent off after being booked. But he was actually saying to him, "Look, you've got to protect me." And that, that yeah. was pretty. But he was angry. He was angry with Moss, wasn't he? I mean, you, you saw yeah. him getting in his yeah. ear. I mean, yeah. here's the thing, chaps. Dan, Dan I want to like point this in your mm. direction, and maybe I'm just a bit bonkers. Well, we know I'm a bit bonkers. Kind of, <laughs> you know, saying the same thing. But, but I mean. I mean, I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, uh, an anti Gary Cahill person at all. We, we've stuck up for him on this show many, many times. But surely, I, I, I'm just thinking that in a situation like that, surely, you know, if I was the captain, I would be going up to the referee and I'd be saying, right, this is four times that their side has tried to break one of my players' legs. If you don't do something about it, we're going to take it into our own hands, whether you send us off or not. That's what we're going to do. So sort it out and take control of the game. And when you see people doing, you know, thuggish challenges, you punish them for them. I mean, am I being bonkers be here, Dan? That would be dissent, Chich. I know, before Dan comes in, that would be dissent. Yeah. No, thanks, Jonathan, because I know you, you, unlike me, you actually do know the rules. I just make them up as the I laws. go along, you know. The laws, Chich, the laws. They're not rules, they're laws. But JK, if he, if he was in such a way that, listen... Keep an eye on him. You know, this is not fair. Look at this. Look at that. Keep, yes, you know, no, that's fair. That's fair. But the chief maybe not as stridently as I did then. I mean, <laughs> yes, you'd send somebody off if Chidge said you like that. Yeah. Look, we're going to take it into our own hands, referee. Sorry. Yeah. Look, well, the whole point is, if you know, you're, not, you're not meant to cry the referee. The captains can go and talk to the referee about issues. Yeah, and yeah that's, true. that's what we have. We need, this goes back to you know where, where the leaders, where the people are going to take the game by the scruff of the net when it's getting tough. I mean, in regards to referees. They start booking people early for you know for snide challenges. They'll see they'll soon stop it because you know it, it was a disgraceful challenge. Uh, mm. How how between the two linesmen, the referee and the fourth official, they didn't see it is is beyond me. They've all got these communication systems. Use it. Yeah, referees. It's yellow, absolutely. It's a absolutely yellow card for Barry. Boom, book him. You know, it's not gonna he's not gonna lose points. It, it, or, or they get into retrospective refereeing after the game. He missed it. Okay, that's a yellow card. They they do it after after the event. Because you know mm. it's 
we don't want these. We don't want to drive these players out of the game. I mean, I, I don't. You know, if Some, you somebody. Well, I, I, don't, I say I, I say somebody. In fact, it was no less a man than Tony Glover. But he he said something. This is brilliant, actually, and all of us will remember this because we're old enough. But Tony says, "I worry that Hazard will be kicked out of the game for good, like Van Basten was. You might think the game learnt something from the travesty. Of course, the bloody screen whizzes down. Uh, you might think the game learnt something from the travesty of how he was treated. I think that's absolutely right because Van Basten was one of the best." Uh, I mean, you know, best strikers I've seen in the game, and he was absolutely kicked out of it, wasn't he, Dan? Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a fantastic striker. I, mean, I think was he finished at thirty-one, which is no age. Yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah, awful. I mean, I, they just need uh, to uh, be strong. They do. I, I, you know, frankly, chaps, I don't see it changing. I don't think there's a will to do it from the top, and I just hope that the uh, somebody also mentioned that the club should talk to the referees' association and all of that. There we go. It's Paul. Paul says the club needs to take it to the PL and the refs' association. I agree. Uh, final point on this because we've spent fifteen minutes ranting about bloody John Moss and how awful he was. Uh, which is time well spent in my book. Uh, but John Chips Chiverton says, uh, John Moss was better as the drummer in Culture Club than on a football field. I couldn't agree more. Um, right, I'm going to move this on uh, because, I mean, I know we've talked a bit about Hazard and Morata already and uh, we've talked about how, how well their partnership seems to be going. I mean, you know, Morata's flick for Hazard was just out of this world. Uh, we could talk about, we could have a whole show on that, but I'm afraid we're not going to because we're going to talk about uh, the fact that young uh, Andreas Christensen uh, got the nod again. Um, I mean, obviously against Man United, there were lots of thoughts. Well, you know, Conte said it was a tactical change. Lots of rumours going around uh, along that uh, talking of dissent, but uh, Louise had shown him a fair bit of dissent and questioned his tactics. And I don't think you do that with Antonio Conte. I don't think he takes that very well. So whether, whether it's because of that or, or or because he thinks he's worth his place, I'd like to think it's because he's worth his place. But um, Clayton, do you think do you think that, you know, on the evidence that a lot of us have seen actually and have been saying that actually no matter how much we love Louise, and I do love Louise, but Christensen deserves a decent run, doesn't he? He does. Um I I mean my thoughts were that he may actually be resting Louise for Wednesday. Um I might be a bit naive, but I that, that's what I was thinking. Um Christensen has played on, I think he started about four games. He's been immaculate. Um, he's made a couple of mistakes, but they all make mistakes. Um, he's young, but he he just looks to the man of ball and he looks like he can do the job. And I don't think that, I think Conte now has confidence in him. Um, I think maybe Conte was looking for an excuse to get rid of one of the back three. You can't get rid of Dave. Um, Cahill's our captain. Um, and that's, that's what's happened. Um, and Louise gave him a very good excuse. I'd be absolutely distraught if Louise has fallen out and is going to go. Um, I'd be horrified if we did something particularly stupid, like sell him to another one to our rivals yet again. Um, I don't think we should let him go. I, I don't know what the, the whole dynamics is in the dressing room. Um, I think maybe Costa leaving has slightly broken up that whole Brazilian thing. Maybe William, I think Good. William's quite friendly with Costa. Um, Very. Yeah. But but the but the point is that Christensen looks great. Um, Rudiger's look really good. I know again, a bit raw, but they're young, um, and this is this is our our back back three or back four, whatever for the future. Um, I'm hearing really good things about Zuma at Stoke. Um, mm. 
Ryan Shawcross was bigging him up last week. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really happy with Christensen. Um, I just hope that there's a way that, that Louise can be brought back into the fold and accommodated, to be honest with you. Do you know what, mate? I, I, I agree. Um, to kind of take it in turn, I mean, you know, I think on the one hand, I mean, you know, moody, moody you know, Brazilians can, can jog on, frankly, you know. They have a bit of a re- reputation for that and... Uh, you know, if they're going to cause trouble, then they're better off out. I don't care who they are. But having said that, I, I love David Luiz. I think he's an absolute character and a personality. Uh, and, and I think the club would be poorer for not having him in the side. Um, on the other hand, uh, you know, like Gary Cahill, he's, uh, you know, he's he's over 30. So, you know, we know that Chelsea doesn't offer players over 30 more than one year at a time. And I think Clayton's got a good point. I was thinking about this actually the other day. You know, we we we've got the makings of the next, uh, you know, back line, uh, in in Christensen, um, Rudiger, and Kurt Zuma when he comes back, um, and of course Asby. I mean, Asby, I don't I don't know how old Asby is, but I'm sure he's under thirty. So, you know, it's kind of looking promising. One one thing, um, Dan, that uh, that Spy, you know, friend of the show, uh, yeah. Neil Barnett said uh, on Twitter which I thought was fascinating actually but you know he he was comparing um, Christensen to Terry in terms of when they broke through and JT was about the same age as uh, um, Christensen is is now when he properly broke through as in when Terry deposed uh, Marcel Desai yeah and I thought that that was really quite a shrewd observation I mean he looks a hell of a player to me mate he, and the do, way I he brings the ball in. out of the back, you know. He just looks so assured, so confident. He's, he reads the game very well. He's brave. He just, it's effortless. The way he defends is effortless. It, almost like he doesn't break sweat. He knows knows where to play, where to be. He looks like he does talk a bit as well. Maybe he's gaining his confidence in terms of being more vocal on the pitch, but he looks a real, real promise. And, I'm, you know, it's a, it's a whole testament to, you know, go away, learn your trade for two years, come back, you're going to get your chance. And he, he looks like he could be the mainstay. You know, if he if he achieves half as much as John Terry's done, well, the future's bright. But he's a perfect yeah, example right of the too. loan system working, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's got he's done done his hard graph. He's done two years in a good a good standard German team. He's come back and he hasn't looked out of place. You know, he just he just looks a very very good defender. And he's, you know, Cahill, Louise, all the wrong side of thirty. We're building to the future. You know, I'd be surprised if potentially could be Cahill's last season with us. Because I think he's only got a year left in his contract, so you know it's, it's built, it's building for now and building for the future. And well, I think just just on, just yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, just on just on Cahill, I mean, he's definitely over thirty. But uh, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, I mean, look, I, I like Gary Cahill. I think he makes errors like most players do. I think he has weaknesses like a lot of players do. But you know, I I, I frankly would pick Cahill, and you know, Antonio Conte knows a little bit more about it than we do. And he picks him, and he's his captain, you know. And he could have quite easily put uh, Louise in instead of Cahill, but he didn't. He could have put Rudiger in instead of Cahill, and he didn't. So you know that tells me that uh, that Conte certainly values Cahill. But I think it's a it's a it's a, it's a relevant point, Dan. I wonder how many years he's got left with us, and particularly if the others are coming up strong. And we have had a culture recently of when the youngsters are proving to be good enough, if not better than the incumbents, then they take over. I mean, look what happened to JT and Branagh last year, yeah. for example. Um, I'm just going to move this on, actually, because Jonathan's just reminded me, and I think it segued in quite nicely there, that um, 
I think it might be Dan that was saying it actually, but uh, you know, Christensen's a really good example of of how the loan system was, works very me, very it well. Me. Yes, it was you. I'm sorry, J.K. Yeah. Well, you can both have the glory on that one. How about that? But I mean, you know, Christensen's a good example. Christensen's a good example, as is Courtois, actually. But the similarity for those two breaking in is that they were both playing for Champions League clubs. I mean, for Christ's sake, Courtois, you know, did he not get to the final with Atletico Madrid before he came to us? Yeah, they did. He did, didn't he? Lost extra time, yeah. That's right. So, you know, Courtois had, had, had been competing at the highest level for Atletico, and uh, <clears throat> I mean, I don't think Christian was competing at the same level, but they'd certainly played quite a lot of Champions League football for Mönchengladbach. Um, and in a sense, for me, that it becomes self-obvious, doesn't it, or self-evident, uh, J.K., that if you put them in on a on a, you know on loan at a decent club playing good football, they will develop quicker, and they will be ready to play for us. Whereas if you're sending your players out on loan, dare I say it, to Swansea or Crystal Palace or other or Vitesse Arnhem, who are playing a lot lower uh, level than we are, then it's going to still be quite hard for them to break in. And this leads us into the whole Ruben Loftus-Cheek argument, does it not, Jonathan? Yes, and they have to play uh, at the clubs they go to. They can't afford to be subs or not to be selected. Um, but does it not say the standard of player that they are if they're not taken on by uh, a top team? I mean, they clearly thought that Christensen was... Um, was top banana. That's why he ended up playing at Mönchengladbach. And and the fact that he managed to actually stay in the team was testament to his um, his abilities. Um, my complaint is that uh, in this whole Ruben Loftus-Cheek situation, um, everybody came out of the woodwork saying Chelsea had mistreated him. Um, this was lots of Chelsea fans. And this was also gave an opportunity for for other teams and other um, journalists to come out and say the loan system doesn't work for Chelsea. Not quoting uh, Courtois or Christensen at all, just looking at the fact that Loftus-Cheek had an excellent game for England. But one of the reasons he had an excellent game for England, I, I was um, I, I thought, was because he was given an opportunity by Southgate, who he he enjoyed playing for. So whether he's got a personality problem or something, I, I don't know. But um, uh, they also said that he hadn't been given an opportunity to play for, for Chelsea in his correct um, position, which isn't true either, because the times that he played for Chelsea, he was given opportunity, even in the League Cup, he played. Now, my complaint was that he didn't play very well for Chelsea in the period that he was he was playing in the first team. And therefore, he wasn't. they didn't carry on selecting him. But you'd have thought, according to Twitter and the papers and, and uh, Facebook, that he'd been playing wonderfully for Chelsea in that period. And somehow we restricted him from playing because we've got something against the youth, which is so not the case at all. If people are playing well enough, we give them an opportunity. And I would quote, once again, Christensen and Courtois. Um, you have to, they have to go somewhere and play well. They can't be shepherded into the first team. And there were even people coming out of the woodwork saying we should put all the, the, the youth in and it won't matter if we go halfway down the division and don't win anything. I couldn't believe that argument came out again. I mean, for goodness sake, you know, the, the, to, to quote the business plan, but the fact that we're supposed to be one of the best clubs in, we're aiming to be one of the best clubs in the world. You do not then just play the youth and expect to be beaten and not win anything. It's just completely naive, uh, a naive argument 
um, and nothing to do with where Chelsea are at the moment. But, you know, good good luck to Loftus-Cheek. I'm pleased that he's coming good. Fantastic. But it clearly wasn't working for him at Chelsea, so he goes out on loan and he proves himself. Fantastic. That's the loan system working for me. Mm-hmm. Brilliant, J.K. I think that's. Uh, I know you were desperate to get that off your chest, and I'm. Uh, and I have to say, I agree with most of that. Um, Dan, uh, what what I was going to ask you following on from that was, um, I completely forgot what it was now, so I just have to make something else up. It was going to be a brilliant, scintillating <laughs> follow-on from what J.K. said, but I'm so stunned by what he said, I'm I'm, I'm almost rendered speechless. Um, I know what I was going to ask you, Dan. Um, I, I personally, sorry, a little bit of an intro into it. I, I, I thought that uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek looked fantastic playing for England. He really did look like a super player. Uh, clearly got a lot of potential. Was was I think, I think Jonathan's got a point actually. I think his relationship with Southgate really helped because it gave him confidence, and he played in the position that he likes to play in. And I think uh, Southgate gave him the freedom to do that. But we should also take account of the fact that even though it was playing against the world champions that are, that are Germany. Um, you know, he he was up against Ozil, who's a lazy faggot, as we all know. So, you know, you can you, you can you can you can you know, th- th- there needs to be a bit of context. But my yeah. question to you, Dan, um, who right now in the side, if you look at Chelsea's side, who would Fabregas, Fabregas, who that was a Freudian Loftus slip, cheek. wasn't it? Who who would Loftus Cheek displace to get into the side and start? I don't know. Sorry, to answer. Um, well. You probably say Kante's undroppable, Hazard's undroppable. If we're playing the way he played with Fabregas, he's undroppable. Would you have him a back of Yoko in the team? I mean, he's not a defensive midfielder. I think the yeah. point is, is that if you saw him play against England, he was a he was a kind of a, 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 a you know, he wasn't really the number ten, but you know, he was a forward playing midfielder playing centrally. Who who does he replace in the Chelsea side? Well, then it's anyone. It can be his Fabregas because if you're saying back here, counting the DMs, listen, he's probably more. He's probably got more of an engine than Fabregas. I think he cover more ground. I think he'd be good at tracking back. So if we did have a you know play him in a three, if he had to do some defending, he could do it. But I think he'd be good. At, yeah, it'd be Fabregas because he mm. wouldn't come in for Hazard. He wouldn't come in for Morata. But then no, you'd absolutely. Lose now, would 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 you do that? Would you would you pick no, uh, no, Loftus Cheek no, now no. instead of Fabregas? No, because you lose Fabregas's passing. You know Fabregas's yeah. faults. He's good. He's good enough with his wealth he brings to the team when he's got protection of two DMs to to be worth yeah. his place in the team. Absolutely. I think if if Loftus Cheek has a breakthrough season, then obviously he's, he's going to pose some questions for next season. We can finally see him. You know, hope, hopefully lasting. You know, ninety minutes on a more, more regular basis. You know, avoiding these niggling injuries that he's getting. We'll see see where he stands in a year's time. Maybe it's a case it will have it will have a year at a. Another club in the Champions League, yes. possibly in Europe. Yes, I think that's the case, Dan. Absolutely right. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. Then, then bring him back where, where, and becomes Christensen. Uh, sorry, Dan. Say that again. I was going to say, you know, if he gets, you know, a, a year, say, a, a Spanish club or an Italian club in the Champions League, then comes back, and he'll be where Chris, he'll be twenty-two at that point, twenty-three, and hopefully yeah. we're ready to drop back into the team. Yeah, um, Clayton. Where do you stand on this? I have to say, I do like Dan's idea there. I think, I think that if he, you know, if he was to displace anybody, it would be Fabregas. And as I said, right, right now, I, you know, I, I would play Fabregas instead of Loftus Cheek because I think his experience and his range of passing it probably offers more than what Loftus Cheek can right now. But I mean, I have to say that, I, as I said earlier on to the other two, that I think that that, that Loftus Cheek 
looks a hell of a player. The other thing, Clayton, that I wanted to ask you actually is that, you know, Jonathan and I used to say this all the time last year that he did look a bit diffident and lazy. But actually, I saw him in a very different light in the England game. And actually, what I saw was a was a was one of those rare players who just have more time than others because they are that good. And I thought the the, the best way uh, there was a move that England played, which should have led to a goal actually, but he hung back. Uh, you know, and he just happened to be in the right position, and that was deliberate of him, I think. So he can give the appearance of being lazy, but he, I think he has an economy of movement, really. I think that's the best way to put it. So, Clayton, where do you stand on Loftus Cheek? Um, I, it's really difficult because I, I think that every time he's played in our first team, he's looked sort of all right, but nothing special. I think he suffers from the fact that not one of our managers actually played him where he'd played in for, for the youth team. So I don't think that that particularly has helped him. I think it's interesting because you say, where would he have played? Well, we don't know, but it's a squad game. And I'm sort of going back over old ground and sound like money old git. But we let uh, Chaloba go. And I think perhaps Loftus-Cheek's a better player than Chaloba, and that, that, mm. that's fine. But we let Chaloba go, or he wanted to go. But we had a situation at the beginning of the season where we didn't have any midfield players. And who's to say that a Loftus-Cheek or a Chaloba couldn't have come in when we had we were down to the bare bones and done something? And I think that's part of the reason why it is difficult because they're not trusted to do something. Now, these guys are seen on a day-to-day basis and the way that everything has worked out in terms of um, Courtois and Christensen shows that they, you know, if you go and you play for a really good team for two years, if you're good enough, you'll come back and you'll get into our first team. And that's fine. But I do think there has to be, and and I hate to to talk about the team from North London, um, but they have brought through young players who have survived. Now, go and shout me down and say, yeah, but they've not won anything. Well, that, that that's fine. And nor, and nor are they expected to, more to the point, Clayton. Well, that, that's fine. But, but the, the fact is that Harry Forty Winks, you know, young player, I wouldn't say he could hold a candle to Loftus-Cheek or Chaloba from what I've seen. He's a, yeah. a, a decent player. But I would say that our two boys or ex-boy and um, lone boy, it's, it, they're, they're as good as Harry Winks from what I've seen, but Harry Winks has had game time and he's been introduced. And okay, they've not won anything and that that's fair enough and we have won something. But I do have to, I, I cling on to this hope that there has to be an element of of getting a chance by accident. You look at somebody like Marcus Rashford. Marcus Rashford was only put in that side because... Manchester United had terrible, terrible injury problems. There was nobody else. And, I, and I, I'm still of the belief that if somebody is good and decent and they come in and they can show us that they're good enough. So I just think, uh, going off on a bit of a tangent, you know, you look at somebody like Mo Salah. When he played, he was terrified of making a mistake. And you look at it now. And that's obviously what it was, because the guy's obviously he's very play, He's playing for a small club with no pressure. <laughs> yeah, OK, fine. But OK, I'm taking the piss, but I, the point is no, valid. No, no, I know, I know you are. You know, but I, the expectation at Chelsea I've, is much greater. It is. It is. It's taken but, so. 
yeah but but it is it's just an example of what pressure can do and and how we perhaps and i'm not yearning to have mo Salah at a club because you know we saw what he did in the context and we've got better players than him at the club so i'm not that but i'm just saying that that's that's part of it which is is really difficult to to accept that it's so difficult when you get your chance if you get that one off chance that's you know mm. well i mean you know it, it, it's a very very interesting point it really really is but uh I am encouraged by the fact that that Conte did say. I mean, you know, in a sense, he was hardly going to say anything else, was he? But uh, you know, he 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 noted that both uh, Loftus Cheek and and Tammy Abraham, who I also thought played very very well when he played for England, you know, he he recognised that they are the future of the club. But uh, you know, they've got a you know they've got a they've got a train on, and I, I mean, you know, the club like Chelsea, it's going to be. I mean, your point about yes, he could have done a job had Kant, you know, when Kante was out and we were low in numbers in midfield, but you've got to make a decision somewhere along the line, and the decision was made that he was going to get more playing time somewhere else, which is what he needs, and you, that's the decision you made. You know, you can't kind of like go back and go, oh dear, I wish I hadn't made that. Then it's it's, it's no, no, it's, no, and I, and I don't. As I said, I was going over old ground, but I'm just, yeah, I yeah. was just painting a scenario that yeah, yeah. if he would have been at the club, then there would yeah. have been opportunities for him. There would, but the corollary of that is, had he stayed, you could have said that, well, we might not have had any injuries and he would have not got any game time. So I think he needs to play. And I think actually, I and there's a couple of... I agree. There's a couple of... Just to wrap this up, chaps, because there's a couple of other... Um, there's just one area I want to talk about before we go to part three. But there's some really good points being made on... Uh, on Mixler, as always, um, you know, Andy Silverman mentions this, that his, that his problem is his attitude and his self-belief. And he kind of, you know, he does lack a bit of self-belief. And I, and, it, and I thought that, you know, the overriding thing I thought was that actually the way he played for England, um, you know, hopefully will give him that confidence if, that, if that's an issue with him. But the other thing is, if, if you know, if, if, you, if you've got a player who's scared to make a mistake and it affects his game, then surely that's down to the manager to manage him properly and give him that confidence. That's part of your job. It's man management. I mean, it's a bit well, of an easy, I, easy sorry, way. Hang on, just, let me, just hang on, hang on, let me finish. Yeah. You know, it's a bit of an easy cop-out, I think, if you take a, a Mourinho-type attitude, which is either you can do it or you can't if you can't fuck off, you know. I mean, that's not good management. That's a cop-out in my book. Anyway, go on, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to. You, you mentioned the the whole sort of Mourinho thing when when Loftus Cheek um, basically said, right, you know, you're gonna you're now going to play. He played a half against Aston Villa, albeit he didn't play it very well, and he was never seen again. No. So well, well, that's, it, it yeah. is about chances. Yeah, but as I said, if if the, if the if the player you know is shitting a brick about every time he touches the ball because he's in the back of his head. This is my one chance. The manager won't trust me if I cock it up. He then goes to cock it up. Whereas he plays for England, and you can bet your ass that that, that uh, Southgate said to him, "said I think you're a superb player. You were brilliant for me for all the levels that I managed you in the youth at England. Just go and play your natural game and play play for me like you did in the youth side. You know, yeah. it's a different way of managing." And final point on this because this is absolutely brilliant, and it took the words out of my mouth because I was finding it quite difficult to articulate the whole issue about you know, the accusations about him being a bit diffident and lazy, but the wonderful Andrew Bailey, who is Gaffer Bailey's brother, and Andrew is in Melbourne. I very nearly met up with him when I was there and failed miserably. Uh, I'm just going to say to you, Andrew, 
give the Aussies huge stick this week. And I hope you're going when we play in Melbourne. But anyway, enough of me prattling on. Andrew says... Uh, the whole kind of argument that uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek is lazy is the same way that people call Ballack lazy. It's a fallacy. And I think that's an absolutely bang on point. And I'm going to close it down there because very, very quickly, Jonathan, I want to talk about the last point really to wrap up the West Brom game, which is uh, really to do with, um, you know, have we now got a shot at finding some consistency? That's four wins on the bounce, three clean sheets. Um, interestingly, it was uh, Conte's 50th game for us, and his, his win percentage is huge compared to others. And the other thing is that Aspilicueta, talking of consistency, he's played in every game uh, of, of Conte's 50 Premier League games, which shows a his uh, you know his importance to the side, and of course the consistency therein. But the bottom line is, J.K. I mean, you know, are we back? Have, have we found a level of consistency? Will we carry it on? What do you think? Uh, we'll carry it on, uh, I think, as we said earlier, if we don't get injuries. Um, uh, but that the team at the moment looks very strong. And uh, I was intrigued that we were all talking about how good Pedro was. He, he's not getting a look in at the moment um, with with that setup, And he didn't even come on as a sub. Uh, so he's obviously very happy. He did. With that. He did. He did. Oh, did he at the very end? Did he? Yeah, oh, of yeah. course he did. Yeah. Sorry, he did. He did. Sorry. Sorry. Yes, he did. But... Um, uh, he's not having a start, so obviously uh, he, it, it, it's it, the way it's set up at the moment works, and uh, and and I uh, we will we will know at the weekend, won't we? If we can um, mm. if we can blow Liverpool away, we're uh, we'll know that we're really on we're on the verge of uh, another another big run, and I think mm. it's I think we're really capable of that because I, I I no my as I say my my dilemma is this starting off badly. And that first 10 minutes was very peculiar against West Brom, who seemed to be bossing us. Um, and uh, I don't quite understand why that happened, because uh, we looked decidedly second best. And all, it, all you need is for somebody to go a goal up or even you know, have the possibility of two goals up and we're out of the game already. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a much better... Um, it's a, it, that's, that team... And that setup is likely, if it stays together without uh, having injuries, it's likely to keep going and win masses, um, because uh, we're, we look a very good team again. Good. Um, All right. But, uh, so I'm. That's my view, anyway. Okay. Well, look, we've got to go to the break because we've, we've been on this for what seems like hours, but a lot of really interesting stuff actually tonight. I mean, I thought that you know, it's typical, isn't it? Always the way. I thought there's not much to talk about other than the. the flagrantly obvious tonight but uh, it got our dander up for various reasons so I'm delighted about that I hope you all are too right now after the break uh, we're going to have a, a chinwag about the Carabag fixture which is on Wednesday and uh, as John, Jonathan was mentioning the Liverpool match too it, I, I think in some some respects this is a very crucial week this week uh, in the progression of Chelsea this season as we were kind of alluding to there uh, we will be back very shortly away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. 
the thought of missing my beloved blue boy's life. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea! Okay, we're back. I am Stanford Chidge, and this, of course, is the Chelsea Fancast, and uh, it's whizzed along tonight. It's now part three, and um, in view of uh, the fact that this is a very big and crucial week for Chelsea, um, we've got a fixture against uh, Carabag in the Champions League coming up on Wednesday. Caught me a bit surprise, surprise, because the kickoffs at five, not uh, quarters away, which I was kind of hoping it was. Um, and then we've got Liverpool away on Saturday. Um, both tough games, I think, on the face of it, and uh, crucial week. If we win both of these, I think it's gonna it's gonna tell us a lot more about this season. Um, do you not think, uh, Dan? Yeah, I mean, I mean the, the uh, Wednesday is very crucial because we win. We're through, and that takes the pressure off the last game. Um, and then we've got to go Liverpool on the weekend, get a result there. That puts us, you know, a bit of distance between them and us. It's big. It's big. It is the biggest week of the season. I mean, it, it's not season defining by any means, but it's it's important we come out of it with, you know, two positive results. I think. I think. I'm confident we'll get something on Wednesday. I think. I think we'll have enough to beat them. Um, and then Liverpool. I think oh, the way we play. Is absolutely perfectly suited to beat them because they they love to love to attack. Will defend very deep and pick them off from the counter attack because they don't, they can't defend for shit. Liverpool. I hope it will still. just sit back. Yeah, yeah still can't. Let's park, yeah. let's park Liverpool for a second. Let's uh, okay. let, let's focus on the old Carabag um, first up. I mean, I mean, we absolutely thumped them at home at the first uh, the first mm. match. What do they call it? And they, the, the UEFA have this stupid. Match day one. Stupid system. Match day one. Absolute arse gravy. Um, mm. But we thumped them. They they looked a pub team. But I mean, subsequently they uh, they did they did Roma beat them or draw? I can't remember now. I think Roma drew, didn't they? Roma beat them. No, Roma they beat two, they beat them. They beat them two one. Roma Roma beat them. Twice but but um, well, they yeah, that's right, that's right. So 
I mean, the thing is, I remember before, you know, not before the draw, clearly, because we wouldn't have known that we were playing them, but you know, when the draw was made, I think the general consensus was, well, they're pretty shit and we should easily beat them. But actually, it's a tough trip going to Azerbaijan, five and a half hour plane journey, unfamiliar surroundings, possibly quite hostile. So, you know, it's not going to be easy, is it, Dan? You talk about Liverpool or... or- <laughs> very good. That's right. Very that very. The, what was that? What was that joke on Twitter that was doing the rounds, which was absolutely hysterical? Actually, I think you tweeted it. So one, one's, one's in a third world backward country, which is very poverty stricken, and the others in and the others in in, in Baku. Azerbaijan. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, it's, it's 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 a long way to go. It's tough. It's attritional. But these these you know these guys are going first class. They're going to be staying in the best hotel on a private jet. I mean, yes. You know, for the, for the fans going, it's going to be a nightmare. For, for these players, it's not going to be, you know, tough getting there. Um, I think we sh- actually we have enough to beat them. I just think Conte's going to say to them, listen, we're going to go out there, we're going to win. No pressure on the last game. We qualify, we top the group. Happy days. I think Madrid are not the team they were. has been proven in their qualification campaign. They're kind of almost like they've run out of steam because the intensity of which um, Simone puts them under. I'm quite confident. I think we're in a very mm. good place football-wise. Roma was was a blip, again fine margins blip. But I think I just think we'll set up well. We'll go 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 in, go at them, and come away with a two-nil win. Mm. Clayton, um, you know Conte's clearly a little bit worried, certainly about the travel, because he was moaning about the uh, the fixture scheduling. You know, possibly with Liverpool in mind. On Saturday, so it's clearly in his head that this is going to be tough. Would you would you say? Yeah, I just hope it doesn't sort of filter its way down to the players, or whether that was mm. just a throwaway comment that was sort of bigged up. I mean, it's quite. I think it's really, really tough to call. Um, mm. I agree. I think that I I agree with everything Dan said, but I do. I do think it's quite. I think the the human factor. Um, is sort of sometimes disregarded. We know how good our team can be, um, but you just, I think he will rotate. I think a couple of players are coming. I think he might start a William um, or a Pedro. Uh, as I said earlier, I think David Luiz may start. Um, let's talk about Victor Moses being fit, but oh, I don't know how fit he is. I'm not, not to underestimate them, but just to basically maybe give some of the players that he want, you know, I don't know which game is bigger, um, this one or Liverpool. I think it is, It's a, you said it's a massive week. I think if we can win both of those games or just get a, a result in Carabag or, and, and a win on, uh, on Saturday, I think that would be absolutely massive. I just don't know. I mean, Carabag have done brilliantly against Atletico. Um I thought Atletico, when we beat Atletico, I thought Atletico was still decent. I thought we played fantastic, but I, th- I still thought they were a decent side. So if Atletico, I mean, I don't know where Atletico are in the Spanish league this season. They, they some... drew they drew with Madrid at the weekend, so oh, with, well, with, Real, with Real Madrid. So um, they're not they're not as bad as they were, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, so I think... Well, Real Madrid aren't all that, to be honest. I think it's no, that's still. True. That's true. I think it's still difficult. I mean, to go away anywhere in Europe. Um, Roma won two-one. That was a tight game. Um, 
I just I will be very happy with uh, with a couple of results. I mean, if we draw, does that still mean we'll have to do something against? Um, Atletico. Depends Atletico on the Roman at home. Rather, so, in other words, you'd rather have it wrapped up. So I've just had a look. Well, look, I mean, basically, they're have, you, have you got it in front of you? Have you got it? Have, yeah, you, got, have you got the points? Okay, can you reel them out? Because I can't remember. Well, Bart. Well, you mean in our group? Oh no, I've just got the Spanish. Yeah. I got La Liga. Up. Okay. No, I well, from I what from what that. I remember in our well, I mean, in our Champions got, League group, I think group. we're a point behind Roma. Yeah. Well, Roma. Um, are, this is important to know how many it is, though, because Roma are, are on eight. And we're, we're on, on seven. seven. Atletico are on three. Carabag yeah. are on two. So yeah. if we. You so, know, so basically, the maximum points that Atletico can get is nine. Yeah, nine. So if, right? I know that if we win, if, tomorrow, if Roma beat if Roma, yeah, if Roma win tomorrow, it's irrelevant what we do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if Roma, so if Roma, win Roma tomorrow, we're through. Yeah, yeah, correct. Exactly. If they can't catch us. Yeah. We'll be on seven. They'll be on three. And sadly, we're playing before they. Just means we, we won't. Oh, yeah. It just means we were on top of the group, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything at the moment because there's so many, you know, good teams qualifying. Yeah, yeah. So it's I do eight, think that's seven, less three, important two. this year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I mean, in a sense, a draw would do, would it not? That would make us on eight. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's just this it's that in between thing, isn't it? You know, I mean, Atletico to to go through, they've got to beat both. Are, are they playing in Rome or or in Madrid tomorrow, Dan? Madrid. 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 At home. Okay. So they've got to... Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. They, so they've got to beat Roma at home and us to qualify. Mm-hmm. But it's possible, isn't it? So we need... You know, it's it, this is what we've all been saying, Jonathan, isn't it? That this is... It's a very important match and really it would be ideal to go and win it. Um, do, you, do you think... I mean, you know, I, I kind of agree with Clayton in a sense. I think he, he will make changes. He's... I mean, he's been mindful of, you know, rotating... <laughs> In the Champions League, and I and I think in a sense, you know, the Carabag game, I think is important. But I think you can see it as an easier match than the Liverpool one. We've got we've got momentum in the Premier League. I can certainly see him making a few changes. I think the one area where he can't make a change, which is a bit of a shame in some senses, is up front because Batshuayi is injured. So guess what? We've only got one fit striker, and he also can't give uh, Kante a, a break either because um, he's the cement. So, um, well, he is. Uh, I'll be intrigued to see what team he picks. I think Rudiger might mm. get a go, actually, as you say. And I think Zappacosta will get another go, if, um, uh, unless, as you say, Moses is. Uh, I don't think he's going to bring Moses. But he's, 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 um, he tends not to bring players back for big games, does he, like that? He tends to give them another go, it brings them on as a sub. Um, uh, I think that's been the, his policy over the last. Um, the last of the seasons he's been with the team with with the team actually Conte um but no they mustn't underestimate this game because we don't want to have a situation where we draw and then uh, um Roma draw with uh, Atletico and all Atletico need to do is beat us at the bridge to get no 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 if we both draw if we both draw Atletico will be on four points right, we'll be we, on eight say points. we lose say we lost at Carabag then if we be, lost uh, and then yes. it'll go on head to head yeah. You see what I mean? Well, it's complicated. If we, if we lose an Atletico win, that's what we don't want to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But it's always yeah, because a they'll be on six. They'll be yeah. on six. We'll be we'll on be seven, on seven going into the last match. Yeah. 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 
But that's the worst case scenario, isn't it? Let's yeah. not believe. Let's mm. not believe that's going to happen. Let's believe that Atletico are going to lose, and uh, that means if we just draw, uh, but it wouldn't make any difference if we can draw or lose. Um, but I'd rather, I'd rather. This is the pessimist. This is the Chelsea fan in me. I'd rather we, uh, I'd rather we won there. Um, uh, I can't quite work out why they were so bad. Um, at the bridge, and yet they appear to have been competent at Carabag. At the, at I know, it's very odd. Round. Uh, nerves. It was their first ever Champions League game. No, that's that, true. That's true. You know, they looked like a, a massive team, occasion. Mate. Oh, they looked awful. Yeah, yeah they really did. Uh, but they're clearly not mugs because they've they've put in some performances <laughs> since, even if they've not really you know picked up the the points. I mean, okay, just to kind of wrap this up, then round the table. Um, Dan, uh, what's your prediction, old son? Uh, Two 0 Chelsea. Scorers and minutes. <laughs> Hazard. <26 laughs> you thought I was joking, and I was joking actually. No, yeah. I would never, ever, ever, ever make you do yeah. that. But you're quite confident we're going to win, then. Why is that? Yeah, I just think I just think we're just in a really good place now. We've had a, you know, we've had a, a injuries, we've had a lots, you know, a shaky start of the season. We're looking a bit more like the machine than we were last season. I just think, you know. A lot more harmonious. There's a lot less angry Conte stories doing the rounds. I just think it's a it's a it's a happy, harmonious place, and I think I think I'm going to kick on. Mm, lovely, just like the Chelsea fan cast, mate. Absolutely, um, Clay. Exactly, Clayton. Uh, what, what say you? Two uh, one, and basically mm. because we just never give ourselves a a nice easy evening's viewing, do we? Or early evening as it is. I'm going to have to take uh, my iPad into work. I think. Yeah, I've got I've got a TiVo it because I don't finish work until quarter to six in Southampton. So uh, when I found out it was five o'clock kickoff, I couldn't believe it. So I'll TiVo it and then I'll get home at half six, hit it, and then uh, just you know I'll obviously have a Twitter exclusion zone and just watch it in the uh, padded cell of my living room. But anyway, you reckon two one, uh, Jonathan? Um, what say you, my friend? Uh, Three one to us. Mm. And uh, and then two uh, nil uh, at Anfield, to us. Mm. Okay, I haven't quite got to Anfield yet, but I'll try and no, remember that that's what you said when I get to it. It went together for me. It went together. I thought I'll do okay. it. Okay, well three one. I mean that's again good. I mean I, you know I I really don't know. I think a lot will depend on the team he picks. Um, I really really don't know. I mean I, I'm going to say one nil, and it'll be really just nauseatingly frustrating for the whole match and we'll probably ping a goal in the last minute or something because I'm, I'm just feeling a bit... I mean, actually, the interesting thing is I wrote an article, which I don't actually think Yahoo published for some reason, but I wrote a preview of the West Brom match and it was... I, I read it back to myself before I sent it to them and I thought, bloody hell, that's really negative because it was full of, oh, are we going to do what we do, did against Palace? You know, it would be typical that we would... All, all this kind of stuff. Will we turn up? Blah, 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 blah. And uh, lo and behold, we, we, we turned out 4-0 winners. And I think, I think I said to Kerry that it would be 2-1. So I wasn't overly optimistic. Uh, so if I'm, if I'm not overly optimistic for Carabag, hopefully we'll stuff them. And then that, that will be, that'll be the way to do it. Right, enough of the Carabags, uh, the carrier bags, uh, just to kind of pick up on what we were saying about Anfield. I mean, one of the things that actually, you know, intrigues me, and I think this, this might have a lot to say in terms of and I, you know, like I said, it's clearly on Conte's mind because he's been moaning about it in the press. So I do suspect he will rotate on Wednesday because I think he's worried about Liverpool on Saturday, uh, and I think he will want to pick the same team against Liverpool on Saturday that he did 
against West Brom and Man United because I think this is, we know this is how he likes to roll. So I think in some uh, circumstances, the, what happens in the Liverpool match will be dependent on what happens in Carabag, uh, how they recover, which is going to be tough because it's it's uh, a five and a half hour flight as we know, and also um, who he picks. So um, I do think it might well be affected by the Carabag fixture. I mean, you know, Dan, would would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's we're going to land at sort of five thirty on Thursday morning, have zero time to prepare, then straight up to Liverpool for for the weekend game. So he's got three yeah. games this week, and I'm sure he'd have picked a team sub between just for each one. So yeah, yes. The whole point of having a squad is to rotate. I think they're both important, and it's. Ugh. Listen, he has, I don't think he's picked the same team consecutive games all season, so I don't think he's going to start now. Um, I think, on balance, Wednesday's result is more important. If we didn't get the best result at Liverpool, it's not going to be season-defining. I think Wednesday's more important in the grand scheme of things because you know, we, we draw or lose to Liverpool. We can still make up the ground, whereas if we lose to Carabag, we're under huge pressure from Madrid. So I think, f- from a from a football point of view, we beat um Carabag, the Atletico games are dead rubber, and he can rest players for that game. So I think that 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 will be. Well, if I was Antonio, that'd be my focus to get the result on Wednesday, and then you know pick up the pieces for Saturday. Mm. Well, it's going to be intriguing, isn't it? I mean, the other thing is uh, Clayton is that Liverpool have got severe, haven't they? Tomorrow night, I think. Are they at home, Liverpool? They're away. They're away. They're away. Are they away? Thank you, Dan. Yeah. I, I I wasn't sure about that. Okay. Well, I mean. That and I, I see. I'm, forgive me. I mean, uh, in my old age, I, I, this is an interesting point. Actually, I wonder if this is a something that that, that our, our you know uh, our friends in Mixler of a similar age uh, have the same thing, which is I I really don't know anything about football other than Chelsea these days. I don't watch any other football other than Chelsea, so I have no idea what's going on with anybody else. So I'm, I'm really unaware as to to how Liverpool are doing in their group. Uh, Clayton, but they've got Sevilla away. I mean, is, is I mean, for me, that's a tough match on paper. Sevilla are a good side, but uh, what's the yeah, group situation no, for Liverpool? Basically, they're top, and Sevilla they've got eight points. Sevilla got seven, and Moscow have got five. So they're going to have to basically they're going to have to well get a result there, not lose, um, because I think their last game will be against Moscow, so they'll, they'll want to win as well. So they're going to have to put a fairly strong side out. I think Liverpool will be a tough game. I don't, you know, I have no doubt about that. But I, Not I think for Dan, us on Saturday. Yeah, I think Dan was was hundred percent correct that our style of play actually suits them because they yeah. sort of knock at the door and they camp um, and they basically they still haven't got a goalkeeper and they still haven't got a defence and. You'd like to think that Morata will make a real mess of their defence and Hazard. I mean, the speed which which we can break, um, and and we've got those well two that can sit in front of our defence. Um, and I'm not as worried about going there um, as I normally would be. They're just I don't know. They they flatter to deceive. Yeah, they've got a couple of good players, but um, so have we. Mm. I'll be honest with you, uh, Clayton. You know, I, I, I'm with you on that. I, I, if, if we play the team that, that played so well against West Brom, and in, in particular the team that the same team that played so well against Man United, 
I, I, I'm going into the Liverpool game, you know, relatively confident. But I have to say, I think I go back to. I think a lot depends on on what happens in Carabag. I mean, we've got Morata as our only striker at the moment because Batshuayi is injured. If anything happens to him on uh, Wednesday. Christ knows what we're going to do. That's that 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 changes the entire complexion of it, doesn't it? And and massively so because he has shown his hold up play has got better and better, yeah. um, and his obviously the relationship he's got. I mean, this is just oh, just don't get me started. I mean, our our squad depth is just an absolute effing joke for a club of our size uh, and our aspirations. It's just a disgrace that. The manager's been left with two strikers. Um, I mean, hopefully we will get somebody in January, but I was having a conversation about this, I know again going off piste uh, at the weekend, and just thinking, well, well who is there? I mean, to be, fun, to, to, to be honest, actually thinking about Lorente. Lorente's scored how many goals for Spurs? So maybe that was a, a, a good bullet to dodge. Bullet, but, yeah. Um, I just don't know where we'd go but I'm hoping that Conte's you know in the same way that he sort of pulled Zappacosta out of a hat and he pulled Alonso out of a hat maybe there's somebody else I I wouldn't mind actually having a little dabble with um, Southampton and seeing if if we get Gabby Adini because he seems to be out of favour at the moment Mm. I mean Jonathan uh, you know the the boys have all been saying we've all been saying really that that uh, you know, Liverpool can be got at. They are weak at the back, which uh, which fills me with uh, delight. But uh, I am kind of... I mean, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Because, I mean, Mane is clearly a good striker. I believe he's back now. He's no longer out injured. And he has pace to burn. Uh, Coutinho always seems to turn up when he plays us. And, uh, you know, the, the enigma that is Salah, uh, we know he's... Let, let, let's get into whether we think he's shit or not anymore, but we know that he's got pace, and we know that our defence, quite frankly, looks like rabbits in the headlight against anybody with, with extreme pace, Jonathan. So that is a concern, isn't it? Well, once again, I think it depends whether we, if we start off badly. Though we, we, might, um, we might give a goal away, but I thought the defence was looking very solid. Uh, and the fact we've... Um, We've had three clean sheets, I think, is a very good sign. Um, mm. We have looked a bit uh, kamikaze at the back, even with those th- clean sheets, to be honest. I mean, against West Brom, they didn't create much, but when they did, it looked a bit worrying. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just think we're so potent going forward. I don't actually think we're going to have a problem with them. Because mm. we, when we're on the ball, which we're, we're on the ball, when we're on the ball, when we're... Um, we're on we're, the ball, uh, we're on right. the ball. <laughs> well, that's another one not in uh, Mark's book. Exactly, exactly. Oh, God. Uh, there's another one which was E-I-Adio, e. we've won the cup. I don't know if that's in there or not. But, uh, oh, I bet you that I one is. I, bet you I hope one. so, I hope so. Because um, that was doing the rounds in the in the 60s as well. Because um, you just purloined another. It was That was a Liverpool one originally. I never worked out what E-I-Adio actually meant, but uh, you copied it nonetheless. Um no, I, I, you know, when we're when we're on when we're really uh, motoring, I just I don't think it's other than than City who look great. I don't think there's anybody to to touch us. I think there were some fantastic passing movements um, against West Bromwich. I know we've established West Bromwich are a bit rubbish, but uh, as as you said, I think Liverpool are very similar in defence, and I think all we need to do is um, is get them on the break, and we'll be down the other end in a flash. And uh, you just don't want to let. Um, Hazard and, uh, and Morata at you because they're 
they're such class acts at the moment. I, I don't have a. I, I don't think we'll lose. I think we'll win. All right, so we're all quite confident so far. I mean, before we we, we announce, well, I know Jonathan's. What did you say? You you, you we're winning with three one, is it, or was that was no that three one is Carabag two nil two nil two nil two nil to the yes. Chelsea against two nil Liverpool. to the Blue Boys. Yes, to, to the, the Chelsea Boys. Football Club. Yes, Blue Boys two red shite nil. Um, <laughs> Okay, I mean, before I, uh, me, me, uh, Clayton, and Dan announce what we think it will be, uh, I just want to. We, we should talk about Salah, really, because I mean, you know, we did earlier on, actually, funny enough. But I mean, there was no doubt at all that he was absolute shite for us. He could run very fast, but his finishing was laughable. And uh, there is no doubt he's he's been quite a sensation since he joined Liverpool, Clayton. Um, you know, is he is he somebody that we should be worried about? Yeah, we should. I yeah. think we, you know, you, you can't be sort of cocky about it. I mean, he's he's basically, I think, he's top scorer in the Premier League at the moment. Um, mm. He's playing really, really well. He's full of confidence, and I don't, I don't perceive that there'll be any sort of animosity towards us. It just didn't work out for him. I don't actually mm. think there was ever sort of a relationship one way or the other. The fans weren't. You know, I, you know, when he left, I didn't care. When he joined, I didn't care. I mean, it was it was quite interesting. But I, I do go back to the fact that he, he obviously tried really, really hard. So he's been away for what three years now, um, yeah. And obviously matured. You know, he played for Roma, and when he was playing, or was it Fiorentina? It was Fiorentina, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and he looked very good in the clips that you saw there. I don't know. It, it may have been just the weight of Mourinho's personality got to him. And I can't remember. There was a League Cup game that he played in. I think we played, was it Shrewsbury? Did we play Shrewsbury away? Yeah. On, yeah. Midweek. Strawberry. Strawberry. And he hit a shot, which basically didn't even make the corner flag. I think it went off for a throw on. And you just looked at him and went, mm, nah. And that was it. I don't know. <laughs> It, it it was it was the pressure. He, he wanted to prove mm. himself, and he couldn't. Um, I mean, he's been African Player of the Year. He's he's, he's a he's a good player, and yes, he's somebody to worry about. And like you said, um, Sane's Marne. a good player. Yeah, Sane, sorry, Sane, Sane, Sane. Yeah, you say so, Mane, I say Sane. Let's call exactly. the whole thing Just you know, it's Sadio Mane. <laughs> I'm completely confused now. Whereas the other um, one's Mardio Sane, is that it? Yeah, that's it. Uh, <laughs> and, and you've never seen him in the same place together, have you? No, um, no. No, so, yeah, he is somebody we should be worried about, and I don't think we should be yeah. snobby about it. You know, it, it, it no. happens. Players go and... Uh, and uh, sometimes it's the it's the rule of the X, isn't it? Jack Cork scoring at the weekend against Swansea. It just happens all the time. Mm. All right. Well, what are you going to say? What's your prediction? I mean, Jonathan's going for 2-0. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll pass on the prediction. I think we'll win. I couldn't tell you what's going You'll to happen. You'll think we'll win. Yeah. yeah. That, that's enough for me, Clayton. I wouldn't hold you to predicting a scoreline. Uh, Dan, what say you, mate? 2-1 Chelsea. I may, may, mm. may, Maybe Salah's found his level like a, you know... A Europa League team with Champions League aspirations. Well, they're in the Champions League at the moment, mate, and they're top of the group. Yeah, yeah but you know, I mean, Liverpool are not. They're not a. Uh, I mean, would, would he get into a City team? I mean, would he get into Chelsea team now? Is the question. Well, I um, don't think he would actually. 
Yeah. No, so I mean, okay. Put it around another way. Put it around another way. Who would you have, Salah or Pedro? Pedro. Yeah, Pedro. I would yeah. too, actually. I think he's. Yeah. You know, listen, he, he he didn't work out for us, but you know, looked. You know, De Bruyne didn't work out for us. He's done really well. So you know, that's football. And he was shit happens. when he played for us too. I mean, there's yeah. no doubt about it. I mean, I used to joke about it on the show every week that he was actually the ball boy, the ginger ball boy that's at the bottom of. Uh, the stand of the Matthew Harding stand, mm. you know. So um, let's not get into that one though. Um, yes, anyway, Dan thinks day. we're going to win. Clayton thinks we're going to win. Jonathan says we're going to win two nil. Um, I, I, I'm not going to buck the trend here. I, I say we're going to win too. I'm, I have to say I'm saying it mainly because I'm just so desperate for us to put a run of wins together in the Premier League like we did last season, and then go on and win the title uh, with City coming a cropper somewhere around March. So there's no way I'm going to predict anything else. But I really don't know. And I think it's going to be a really tough game. And I think it's not helped by us having to go to Carabag for another tough game this week. But anyway, what do we know? What do we know? We're just supporters. We know nothing. Uh, but all will be revealed come Wednesday and Saturday. And, of course, we'll be talking about both games uh, next Monday. Uh, I'll be joined by uh, Jonathan, of course, and Tony Glover and the lovely Alex Churchill the girl who likes balls. More of her in a minute, because uh, after this quick break, we are going to have a roundup of the latest Chelsea supporters news and, of course, uh, an email, a long email. See you in a sec. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Football Welcome back, I'm Stanford Chidge and you're listening to the Chelsea Fancast and uh, on tonight's show. It's been great fun, I think I've enjoyed this immensely tonight. It's uh, it's lovely being, uh, you know, having uh, both Dan, uh, Dan Silver and Clayton on the show together, my buddies from the Cock Tavern. Hello. Hello. Hello, and economical with the word tonight. Uh, <laughs> and of course, as always, the indefatigable Mr. Jonathan Kidd. And by the way, Jonathan, uh, you've got a you've got a play what you wrote out at the moment, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I've written a musical and um, Doodle. It's Doodle, Doodle the musical. It's on in uh, mm. Waterloo East Theatre. Uh, January the eleventh is the first night. It's on for three weeks, and it's very silly. I'm afraid I couldn't. I, I tried to write a really straight play and I failed miserably. Sorry about that. But um, uh, it's two hours long and there are 21 songs. There's a, my favourite song in it is a song called um, Cockney Vankers. Ooh, it's a corner. And uh, that should be in it, yes. Cockney Vankers. Uh, uh, it's set in 1914. Yeah, they, the German, Germans tried to ingratiate uh, themselves into uh, um, British society to be spies and they. Um, they they come up with the fact that they think they're, that the, the word vanker means that they're very they're rather good. They vank all down the the strand and uh, <coughs> lots of um, up the apples and pears things. It's uh, I'm not selling it very well, but it's it's a good it's a very silly silly piece. Um, but I'll uh, I'll be more enthusiastic about it when the reviews are out and I can read them to you and say yeah they think it's really funny. Um, but you yeah, know do we all get do we you get it, or you get free tickets. Come, yeah, you get a discount. Anybody wants to come. I don't think I can give too many free tickets away because I'm also the producer, and uh, at the moment I'm um, um, I'm a bit skint doing it. But um, that's okay. the way it is. We'll all when pay, you Jonathan. Something. We'll all pay. Don't worry. I mean, are you, <laughs> no, are you a, happy, you if a pro- anybody wants to come on the opening night, they can come to the party. Um, there's a the great. Oh, oh, hello. When hello. when is this? Hello. 
That's uh, January the 11th, the Friday. Okay. But contact me and uh, and I'll um, you can come along. But as I say, it's a, it's a good th- evening's night out. It's very entertaining. Uh, and mm. um, uh, we're casting it. To, we've got three of the parts and we're casting some more tomorrow. But there are uh, okay. 12 people in it, uh, to, including two dancers, playing uh, okay. 34 different characters, including David Niven, um, uh, Errol Flynn, uh, Churchill, uh, King George VI, and my father's in it, Sam Kidd. He's, uh, he's in it playing, playing the cheerful Cockney. And I'm not playing it. I'm in the poster, but I'm not uh, I'm not actually okay. in it. I'm in the poster because I couldn't find anybody else when I was designing the poster. So I took a pic- I took a selfie and stuck it on. But um, Well, I love the sound of this. Yes. I'm loving the sound of the opening night because it's a Thursday night, so I can be in London that night. No, no, and also, the, as Tony... Yeah, that's what? right. No, that's the, I think that's the preview. It's the Friday the 12th. Is that right? Friday yeah, yeah, that would make sense. Okay. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, that, yeah. that sounds great. And then the other reason why this all sounds great is that, as Tony Glover has just pointed out, Waterloo East is near the King's Arms pub in Rupel Street, which is my chosen pub for whenever I go to the IMAX cinema just up the road. And it sells, it's, well, it's a great pub, number one, but it also it also does great Thai food. You see, so we could have a bit of a hoolie that night. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm very, I'm warming to this idea, J.K. A lot. All right. Well, you know, um, you get free, you get a free anyway. ticket when you come. And we've got a home game oh, on no, the no, 13th. No. Have we? Who are we playing on the thirteenth? Yeah, Leicester. Leicester. Leicester yeah. City. We'll make a weekend yeah. of it. Make it a fan cast night out. <laughs> I'm up for this. Yeah, I'd love definitely. It. I'd love it. Oh, thanks yeah. for the no, plug. No, no, we should. No pleasure, mate. Really nice of you. Thank you. Okay, all right. Let's. Uh, I've got talking of plugs. There are loads here. I'm going to read this out again. I need to phone him up to see how he is, but my understanding is he's feeling better and getting better, although not completely better and probably rather skinned because he hasn't been able to do any work. Um, so therefore, it is imperative. Um, that we look after one of our own. And Paul Cannaval is one of the Chelsea fan cast's own, let alone one of Chelsea's own. Um, and as you probably know, he, he was very, very ill with big stomach surgery um, a couple of months ago. And as I said, I mean, you know, because he'd been ill, it means he's not been able to go out and earn any money. And, and Paul doesn't have many ways of earning money. Um, so there is a kind of a, a you know, a, like a, a GoFundMe just giving type site set up so we can donate money to help him get back on his feet. Uh, and as I said, I, I really must find some time this week to try and phone him up and, and see how he is and pass on any messages and stuff. But anyway, if you want to help him, which I'm sure you do, go to www.gofundme.com forward slash Paul hyphen Cannaville hyphen get hyphen well hyphen fund hyphen GBP. So uh, please help him out if you can. Uh, and talking of helping people out and talking of people who are one of our owns, uh, the wonderful uh, Alex Churchill, also known as the girl who likes balls, who is on this show regularly, will hopefully be on it next Monday and also writes a fantastic blog which goes out on the Chelsea Fancast and other sites. Well, I can tell you that she uh, journeyed to Jordan uh, on uh, Sunday. I'm not talking Katie Price here. Uh, I'm talking about the uh, desert region in the Middle East. Somebody tittered there. Who tittered? I did. Is it you, Dan? <laughs> Dan? Yeah. Titter ye not. I'm sorry. Titter ye not. I'm not. I'm, not no, actually, I'm glad you did. I'm, I'm glad you tittered because I thought that was quite funny. I, I thought that deserved a titter. So there you go. And actually, that's quite a good pun considering we were talking about Jordan. Anyway. We digress hugely. The bottom line is that, as you know, Alex is uh, doing a sponsored walk in the desert in Jordan, um, and she's doing it in aid of uh, Veterans in Action. I-, I wished her bon voyage. She's a very brave lady. She's an absolutely delightful... She's one of my favourite people. I love Alex to pieces. So, number one, 
I hope she does very well. Uh, number two, I hope she comes back safe and sound because it's quite an arduous trip and she is supposed to be on the fan cast next Monday with Tony. Um, but anyway, she's kept the, uh, you know, the Just Giving sponsored site open and if you want to donate, and I'm sure you would love to, it's a very good cause, uh, Veterans in Action, and it is uk.virginmoneygiving.com forward slash Alexandra Churchill. So uh, please help the lovely lady out. Now, um, and by the way, if anybody complains about me hearing me you know munching on a cough sweet then i'm sorry you'll get short shrift from me because it's either this or there'll be no show uh, but i do apologize for making a racket with my teeth um now this is great fun i mean for, you know i'm sure the yanks all know this but uh um you know it's black friday this coming friday it's kind of a relatively new phenomena over here in england um and i suppose actually that means that um it's thanksgiving next weekend so if, it's, no, it's, if it is it's Thanksgiving, Thursday. is it? It's, it's Thursday, Thursday, is it? Well, yeah. Okay. Well, happy Thanksgiving for Thursday to all of our Americans. It's normally th- it's the it? last Thursday in the month, isn't it? Well, that'll that's be Thursday, won't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's correct. Well, if it is, if it is Thanksgiving, this if it is Thanksgiving on Thursday, uh, happy Thanksgiving to all of our American listeners who we love to pieces. So uh, anyway, we digress. It's Black Friday on this Friday. Now you might remember. A while ago, we plugged those wonderful people called The Art of Football. And uh, what they do is they have some fantastic kind of very arty painting-type designs highlighting, um, you know, bits of Chelsea history. And they stick them on a print or a T-shirt. I myself have got uh, a beautifully drawn uh, picture of Drogba scoring the penalty that won us the Champions League. So uh, anybody who was at the Supporters Trust SGM would have seen me wearing it. Um, anyway, they've got loads and loads of designs, and I mean, I've, the boys have all got pictures uh, in front of them as well. But they've got one of Conte going crazy. They've got the Drogba penalty. They've got Kante putting Deli Ali on his ass. They've got Zola just about to put Gary Pallister on his ass, and they've got Robbie Di Matteo scoring in forty-five seconds or forty-three seconds, should I say, against Middlesbrough. And you can have these on either um, a T-shirt or a hoodie or a print and they're really really good and why am i telling you all this you say why well i'll tell you why because it's black friday on friday um art of football are offering a 20 percent discount if you quote the code bf20 so black friday 20 but bf20 when you order one of them so i recommend that you go and get yourself some su- superb t-shirts and prints by going to art-of-football.com forward slash collections, forward slash Chelsea. Uh, watch out for their tweets and follow them at art underscore of underscore football. They're very lovely people and it's beautifully presented. When you get the T-shirt, it comes in a beautiful package. They really go to town on it. It's classy and they're great. I mean, they look brilliant, particularly, you know, if you if you um, want to have a memento of a, of a moment in Chelsea's history. So there you go. So check it out, people. Uh, right, now, uh, f- kind of fast-forwarding to... Uh, December the 2nd, which is um, the day of the Newcastle game, of course. There's a couple of things going on, which I need to draw your attention to. Um, now, the first one is, as you know, uh, Mark and uh, Walter uh, released uh, their carefree Chelsea Chance and Terrace Culture book. Um, I think it was last week they launched it. Um, it's now available uh, from Amazon uh, and the CFC UK store for £12.95p for the paperback. And it's also available on Kindle. But um, they tried desperately to have a proper old book launch, but they were unable to do so 
for various reasons, mainly Chelsea Norway, uh, populating the uh, upstairs of the pub that we like to do it in, which is the Atlas pub. Uh, Chelsea Norway, you are forgiven slightly, but only slightly. Um, anyway, uh, Mark and uh, Waltz are doing the book launch nevertheless. It's, it's called Not Quite a Book Launch, But the Next Best Thing. And it's to celebrate the recent publication of Diamonds, uh, Dynamos and Devils, which is by Tim Rolls. Beautiful book, all about the uh, Tommy Doherty era. And uh, Carefree, Chelsea Chance and Terrace Culture. Um, as I said, it's going to be at uh, the Atlas Pub, which is in Seagrave Road, 16 Seagrave Road. And it'll be straight after the Chelsea-Newcastle match. And of course, copies of both books will be on sale. And of course, Tim and Mark and Waltz will be signing them, no doubt. So... Uh, I recommend you pop along to that. Um, and once you've spent a couple of hours there, because the match finishes about half two, so linger there for a couple of hours, have a few pints, and then, this this deserves a drum roll, but sadly I can't find uh, the text that Paul Crowder sent me with the drum roll. Well, that's very nice, but it's not as good as the one that Paul Crowder sent me. If you were on the last show, you'd know. But um, that weekend... The wonderful chaps from London is Blue, uh, who, as as we all know, have poached certainly Clayton and Dan for many a podcast. How dare they? Let alone everybody else that we know. But in spite of this, I still love them to pieces. Um, anyway, they're over from the, the US of A for that weekend. They're over for the Newcastle and the Atletico Madrid match. And uh, as ever, I think their sponsors, uh, World Soccer Shop, pay for a lot of people. to. I don't know if they pay for people to come over, but basically a whole group of them are coming over. And they get very excited about this. And uh, what we have planned to do, I mean, it's been a bit difficult because, of course, we haven't been able to hire out the Atlas because of Chelsea Norway. But we are not downhearted because we have planned to do uh, a joint podcast. So me and a few of the boys and girls from the Chelsea Fancast, together with Brandon, Nick and Dan, will be doing a live, because it'll be on Mixler, but we'll be doing a live podcast, which we'll record and then upload. So it'll be it's like a simulcast. So London is Blue will upload it to them, and Chelsea Fancast will upload it to us. But we'll also do it live because we can do that because we have Mixer. So we'll do a joint kind of pong- podcast. A podcast? A podcast? If I have enough Guinness, it'll probably be a podcast. But anyway, we're going to do a live podcast on the Saturday, and uh, we intend to do that at half past five on December the 2nd, after the Newcastle match, after the uh, carefree book launch at half past five in the Chelsea Pensioner, in the uh, in the basement of the Chelsea Pensioner. They've got a little kind of karaoke room. Um, half five, podcast for about an hour and a half, then a few drinks and a, and a natter with anybody who wants to come along. Now, they're going to bring quite a few people uh, anyway, um, but uh, and it is a very small room. I mean, I don't know if anybody's been there, but I reckon, you, Dan, you've been there, haven't you? Yeah, it's where we do the SGM meet. Uh, the, yeah. It's where we do the board meetings. About thirty people in there, Max. At a push, yeah. Yeah, no out. more than that, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, standing room only for about thirty. I would have thought. Yeah, you put, if you put the podcasters on the stage at the back, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. So there's not a lot of room. So I think really, ideally, what you need to do is to to, to email me and let me know if you want to come. Uh, or, you know, first first come, first serve, really. I mean, the, the reality is people would have been boozing for a couple of hours already, so a few might have toddled off home by then. Um, but do come along, um, even if it's just to have a few drinks with us after we've done the podcast. But, yeah, we'll try and cram in as many people as we can. But, 
you know, for health and safety reasons these days, they won't let us put in more than about 30, I reckon. But, you know, do email us, chelseafancast at gmail.com or tweet me at chelseafancast. And uh, as I said, probably first come, first serve. The London is Blue Boys, uh, no doubt, will have uh, pr- plugged it in their show, which I know they recorded yesterday. So uh, you might be hearing this twice. But I think what a lovely idea. I, I talked to you chaps, actually. I mean, I, hopefully you'll come along. But. Um, It'd be quite, quite, could be quite fun doing a joint podcast. What, what say you, Dan, Clayton, and Jonathan? Yes, definitely be up for that. Mm. Me too. I'd be up for it. I am yeah. up for it, but Good. I may not be able to come. I'm why not? a little disappointed, but um, why? I shall get why, over why, why? it. I know, why? I know, I know, I know. There'll be another time, Clayton. Will there? Yeah, well, there will. Yeah. There will, in fact. Yeah, well, I, I, they will. I because will try I mean, they're going to be up with them whilst they're over here. Because yeah. I think they're here for the Atletico Madrid game as well, aren't they? They yeah. are, and also they're coming back. I think in March, and I, what I will encourage them Blimey, to do is to we get, can't get the rid at- of them now. Well, I'll get them to kind of phone up the Atlas early and book the upstairs where we'll have a bit more room and we can do it properly. This is, this is all being cobbled together at the last minute, but the, the brilliant people at the Chelsea Pensioner, I tell you, the guys that, lo- that run that are just lovely. Uh, they're always very accommodating with our uh, our trust uh, supporters' trust meetings and, and they really, you know, pull one out of the fire and helped us out. And it'll be okay, be okay. But I'm just conscious that a lot of people might want to come and they won't get in, but there's not a lot I can do about that. Uh, now, look, talking of the supporters' trust, as always, join the trust, get your voice heard by the club. It's five quid to become a voting member or free to be a non-voting member. Sign up at ChelseaSupportersTrust.com so you can attend the meetings, come to the events and vote on the issues that directly affect you and make sure you get your voice heard. And, of course, follow them on Twitter, at Chelsea S Trust. And talking of which, um, I uh, and several of the other of the board, Cliff and uh, Ramsey and Chris Rayburn, we had a meeting with Bruce Buck and Steve Atkins and Graham Smith and uh, Billy, who is their new marketing person, last week. So we had a two-hour meet, well, hour-and-a-half meeting with them, putting a lot of the issues that came out in the survey to them, things like safe standing, uh, way ticket allocations, kickoff times, the stadium redevelopment, temporary stadium, all of that. Uh, I can't really tell you what happened in the meeting because we, we, you know, we have to keep it off the record. But uh, I can tell you it was a very positive and constructive meeting. The club were very receptive to a lot of the things that we had to say, and I'm very supportive of many of them. Uh, and I'm delighted to report that. Okay, so thank you uh, to Chelsea for allowing us to speak to you as, as they do several times this season. So that's nice. Anyway. So, you know, you do get your voice heard. We do take it to the club and they do listen. Uh, right, CPO, if you want to own a little bit of Chelsea and protect the future of the club, go and buy a share in the Chelsea pitch owners, who, of course, own the freehold of Stamford Bridge and whose aim it is to ensure that Chelsea remain playing at Stamford Bridge. Uh, to find out how to buy a share, all you have to do is in, uh, email info at chelseapitchowners.com and, of course, uh, check out chelseafc.com forward slash fans forward slash Chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners and follow them on Twitter at pitch owners. Last, but by no means least, a little plug a for us, uh, which is we have this thing called a Patreon site. Patreon? It is Patreon, yeah. Uh, which is patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. And really, we set that up, as several other podcasts uh, have also done, really just for a way of you to support us. I mean, obviously, you know, I've spent a fair few bob over the years putting this ramshackle thing together. It doesn't happen by accident, you know. It might sound like it, but it doesn't. Um, no pressure, of course. You don't have to do a thing. You could just enjoy listening it, listening to it for free, and I would be perfectly happy with that. But if you do want to say thank you and and just uh, you know um, 
just really just say thank you for the efforts that we, we put in. You know, um, you can basically donate a small amount of money every month. It's a bit like a subscription, really. Very easy to do. And I'll love you forever. And uh, I promise you that the one benefit from this is that I will personally give you a big kiss if uh, I know that you have donated. Alternatively, I promise not to, depending on your wishes. But if you'd like to be involved, as I said, it's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. I thank you. And next, and now for something completely different, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Did you never offer me a kiss? Um, you get those for free. Oh, that's true, yeah, of course, yeah. Also, can I just say, uh, before I start, um, Tim Rolls' book, Diamonds, Dynamos and Devils, is fantastic. And uh, it's really worth a, a, a purchase. He's a terrific writer, and it's really interesting. Um I mean, it, it, obviously, because I, I lived through that era, it's slightly more resonant with me. But as a read about Chelsea history, um, it's completely superb. Wonderful, wonderful book. So anyway, I digress. Let us get on. This is uh, uh, email one from Bud Zola. Uh, and I think it's uh, the only email because it's, um, it's a goodie. Um, a story. My wife, bless her, was pregnant with our son and suffering horrendous pregnancy-related sickness. I never really understood pregnancy, even when we were going through it. Where the bloody hell am I supposed to get a can of apple tango from from at 11.30pm on a Sunday? And yet, if I didn't come home with one, I was a dead man. She was so constantly nauseous one week that she had to go and stay at my mum's about an hour and a half away with our one-year-old daughter while I stayed at home and went to work. This was all going on in the throes of that famous season under Jose, by which time the golden goose had been given the bat signal and a smattering of draws in place of defeats had stopped us from hurtling down the table. In saying that, you have to be near the top at some point to hurtle downward, and we were average from the off that year. It was a strange vibe at the time, wasn't it? I maintain a pretty carefree outlook on everything on the field ever since we started to win everything in sight, but people were losing their minds. Banners in the home end about snakes and all sorts. I've never experienced such a toxic Stamford Bridge as that season. Of course, what compounded the turmoil, turmoil was the fact that everyone absolutely hates us and they were lapping it up. Viral videos and memes poking fun at our plight were a dime a dozen. The banter at work was awful. I got it to the canteen one Tuesday morning for the usual pre-work gathering. And even though we had a run of domestic wins in February, we were still the subject of fun. I got to my desk to start the day pretty annoyed, purely because I really didn't care. We're Chelsea and we're carefree. But no one really understands that. We had Norwich away that very same Tuesday. My pregnant wife and our daughter were at my mum's. I thought, do you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to Norwich. Bollocks to it. I'm going to Norwich on a cold Tuesday night at the arse end of a poor season in March with all the other plastics. Since the birth of our daughter, I hadn't been able to attend as many games as I'd have liked as I'd have liked to. But then I'd have been shirking my responsibilities if I had. That season, I'd been rotating my season ticket with a mate and away and midweek games were completely out of the question. I knew I had to be around for my family, but I always felt this guilt in the back of my mind that I'd not been attending as many games during our first supposedly awful season in a long, long time. 
I don't for one second think that my attendance would have in any way influenced the fortunes of our club. More that, that I should have more that I should have been there for the bad times, having witnessed so so many good of late. Well, that was it. I had a week to myself. I'm getting in the car. I'm driving 200 miles, and I'm watching Chelsea. I didn't care about where we were in the league or what we'd left to play for, and I didn't care about the idiots that don't know us because this was what the Chelsea is all about. And now that it's 2017 and you can get a ticket on the morning of the game via the medium of Twitter, there was absolutely no reason in my mind not to. What with a free pass and all. I left work early, just left. They were all clueless idiots. I don't even work there anymore, so who cares? It was a surreal four-hour drive. It was mainly just me cussing off the talk sport mob, chortling away at our season and really getting quite stirred up about Chelsea and what it all really means. Being a married man with one kid and another on the way reduces one's window for spontaneity. But I'd really gone balls deep on this one and I was really quite <laughs> excited. I just kept thinking, yeah, so what? Norwich away on a Tuesday and we're 10th. Who cares? It's the Chelsea. I got there ridiculously early, but I had to go and find the bloke with my ticket. I'd not been to Carrow Road for a good few years and fancied a mooch about the area to see how it had changed. In the ground, just before the players ran out, the people in my row had this banner prepared in honour of Ozzy. It was the anniversary of his passing and I got asked if I'd help hold it up. Naturally, I obliged without a second thought. The game itself wasn't a barn burner by any stretch, but Kennedy scored a lovely goal in the first minute and Costa snuck in to score in first half stoppage time, so it was always comfortable. I had such a good sing-song that night. The game wasn't on television and no one really sees this side of Chelsea. The togetherness in times of adversity and the carefree attitude towards worser times. Redmond pulled one back for Norwich and they did have a go towards the end. But to be honest, even if they'd have equalised, it wasn't about the result for me. And I'd have still gone home fulfilled. Everybody left the ground with a spring in their step as if we were top of the league. It was great. I wasn't in any rush. I'm not big on large moving crowds. When I did eventually leave, I left the turnstile exit and heard a female voice behind me say, Chelsea fanzine, one pan, help me fund my journey back to London. Instantly, I thought, oh, blimey, is that person stranded in Norfolk on a Tuesday night at 10pm? I turned round to offer this person a lift, and she was quite good looking, as it turned out. Being a male, I instantly lost a handle on all trains of rational thought, shat myself, shat myself, and quickly turned back around. The car stinks of weed, and she probably can't stand two-step speed garage, I concluded. And I continued the walk back to the car. That decision haunts me to this very day. And not in a romantic way. I'm happily married and love my wife like a lion loves its mate in the jungle. I just massively missed a trick. I could have paid a huge favour forward to one of our own. I often wonder if, if it was just her sales patter or if she genuinely was stranded and how she did eventually get home. Who knows? I had to park right at the back of the car park at the town hall because I'd arrived so early and was stuck there for about an hour until the car park had emptied. Didn't care. Carefree. Cundy was repping Chelsea on the radio. Months earlier, he was digging players out by name, left, right and centre. Big players who'd achieve great things for us. I did care about that. 
Five hours in the car and two burgers later, I was home. Work in four hours, still 10th in the league. Didn't care. Carefree. The end. Bud Zola. That was fabulous, wasn't it? That was absolutely. Oh, that mate, that was a top email. What do you think, boys? Yeah, oh, fantastic. A really real, real pity of being a Chelsea fan in a what was not a good season. But you know, I wonder if it was Alex Churchill. He, he was talking about <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Brilliant stuff, Jonathan. As always, you read that with aplomb. Uh, so thank you very much. Now we really well, should zoom off because. Beautifully on, written, Sorry. beautifully, beautifully written. It was, wasn't it, actually? It was, yeah, yeah. It was beautifully Fantastic. Fantastic. Great stuff, right. Standard of stuff we, we get on here. Fantastic, guys. Keep them coming. Isn't it? Brilliant, really no. brilliant stuff. Indeed. Now, uh, as Jonathan said, said keep them coming because it keeps him gainfully employed on the fan cast and we all love that. Yes. So uh, please, yes. please, 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 please uh, send them to chelseafancast at gmail.com. Please do it before a Monday. I've got a message from the lovely Kenroy from St Lucia. He says we didn't get you did got you guys didn't get my email I sent on eighth of November. Well, I I don't know if I had, I would have put it in. So I'll, I'll have a look, Kenroy. And if, I thought, uh, if, I thought if I fu- we did read that out, didn't we? Oh, there you go. Yeah, I think yeah, you might I thought be right. we did too. Yeah, yeah, I thought we did. Yeah, yeah. yeah, go back and listen to the show, Kenroy. You might have missed it. Um, anyway, send them in before Monday so I can get them in the script. And uh, as I said, if you if you do send them in, we'll always try and read them out. Now we've really got to go because we've outstayed our welcome as always. Uh, and I'm afraid that is all we have got time for this week. We'll be back next Monday, the 27th of November at 7pm, where we will be, Jonathan, live. Live. And uh, live. And uh, live. we'll be joined by the, the ubiquitous Jonathan Kidd and the return of the Smut Buddies, also known as the wonderful Reverend Tony Glover and Alex Churchill, a.k.a. the girl who likes balls. Hopefully she'll be back safe and sound from uh, Jordan by then, uh, having done her sponsored walk. And, of course, we'll be looking back at the Carabag and Liverpool matches. Now, uh, the eagle-eyed among you may have noticed that the superb efforts from Gion Carbis uh, has been upping our game uh, on the Chelsea Fancast website. Uh, he's now editor. I noticed that a Blew Up North uh, was uh, listening, or is still listening, hopefully, uh, in Mixler. And uh, he writes uh, a preview and a review, and they're jolly good, too. Uh, so do check it out. Um Got lots of content going up there during the week, and uh, it's all to be found at ChelseaFanCast.com. Incidentally, um, you know those of you who, who do check out the website might have noticed that when I put the blog up about the uh, the, the fancast, uh, you know, a few hours before we go live, uh, I embed a live player in the blog, so you you can just like you know be in the website and just play it from there from Mixler. It's brilliant. So there you go. Anyway, enough of all that. Uh, of course, you know, don't forget to. Uh, uh, check us out on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast and our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. And of course, you can follow uh, all the other people like me at Stamford Chidge on Twitter, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Dan at Dan Silves 73, and the wonderful Clayton at Goalie 59. So there you go. But thanks to the bloggers. I really appreciate your efforts. Uh, right. Um, we look forward to seeing Clayton's next blog, actually. Been a while. I know, I know, I know. I've two. I got my. I got my CFC UK one in. I will. When I get a, a spare moment, I will block something. I do apologise. I love tidiness. reading your stuff. That's why I ask. It was not an admonishment. It was a plea. No, no. I know. I know. I know. 
Thank you. Right, talking of which, uh, been fantastic having you on the show tonight, Clayton. Always a pleasure. Uh, look forward to having Thank you back you on soon. Thank you very much. Hopefully having a very, pint very with you too soon. Very, amused by your, um, we might even finish early tonight as it's now yeah, approaching I quarter know, past nine. I know, I know. Um, Every bloody much. time. Look forward to seeing Every you Every bloody soon. time. Yeah, brilliant stuff, mate. Thanks a lot as always. Dan, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Look forward to catching up with you, uh, I think, at the Atletico Madrid. No, yeah, Newcastle oh, no, before yeah. that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll see you for Newcastle, but not for Swansea because, you know, I, I've got to work. So, yeah, I can't, can't get up to Wednesday games these days, which is a real bastard. But there you go. Dan, great to see you. Hopefully see you in the cop for a pint or three soon. Look forward to it. And as always, Jonathan, a delight, delight to share the airwaves with you, my professional friend. Thank you. Joyous as always, Chidge. Well done. Well done. I think you've actually improved. Your voice has improved as you've gone on, actually, now in the last few It's minutes. all those cough sweets I've been sucking, mate. Whatever, That's what yeah, whatever you were sucking worked, Chidge. Well done. It did. Uh, <laughs> a, few, a few fags as well. I've been sucking a few fags as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Americans yeah, are going potty at the, the yeah, sound yeah, of that. Yeah. What's he talking about? He can't be sucking a fag. My God. <laughs> anyway, lucky Moving mark. swiftly on. Yeah, lock him up, build the wall. Anyway, enough. Go. We should go. It's time to go. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea. Up the It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.